Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro as always. And shout out to Gisberto for the thumbnail. I'm Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. It is Thursday. It is 420. What what is that? Oh my gosh. Make say, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Today's a good day. Happy holidays. <laughs> like it's Christmas or so. I guess it's Christmas for certain uh demographic out there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hope hope today brings people together. And uh, if you don't celebrate, I hope you just have a good Thursday. Today should be a good day, everyone. I'm hoping hoping for a slow day at the shoot job. Um tomorrow I've got GCW here in Atlanta. Sunday I've got Battle Slam here in Atlanta. So Looking forward to a good weekend. Kind of kicking off the weekend a little bit. I took a half day off work tomorrow. So um, 
so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to today and tomorrow, and I hope everyone's having a had a good morning. So I hope everyone's having a good day. So, what anyways, number um, at? what number are you at right now, Steven Jensen? About a seven ish. <laughs> seven ish. It's nine thirty in the morning. You have work. It's and I and my contact broke too the other day, so like I have to get my I have to get new contacts tomorrow, man. Like first world problems uh, in my life right now. I I had I so so I apologize if y'all get some glare. These glasses I'm wearing, <clears throat> I um I only purchase literally so I because like I'm pretty much blind when I don't have my contacts in. So I didn't want to pay like the extra money to get like the anti glare lenses because i only wear these <clears throat> pretty much right before i go to sleep like so i can like watch tv and stuff and uh so i so anyway if y'all have a hard time seeing my eyes it's because it's like the anti-glare i don't have anti-glare on my glasses this is so not anyway yeah trickle into the show y'all hope hope you enjoy this banter today as we as we as we get y'all get y'all going this uh this thursday morning yes but, uh, the, the glasses ooh. are why you won't be able to see steven jensen's eyes no other reason yeah that uh, his eyes might be a little off <coughs> for today. No, man. Anyway, there's, yeah, I'm glad that uh, everyone's here joining us on the show today. And we had a lot of good stuff to talk about. I mean, we had a ton, a ton of stuff. Um, and we have a great interview for y'all as well. The the returning dad, Nathan Barnett, who recently won Creator Clash 2, undefeated boxer, who is also calling out the entire WWE and in specific or more specifically calling out Seth Rollins as well. So, um, yeah, I saw your, in your tweet, he addresses his enemies. So we do yeah. a lot of that here on this show. So I hope, I hope, hope y'all enjoy the, the dad, the dad interview, I think is fantastic. We talked to him for like an hour this time. So, um, anyway, he's, he's great. Yes. He, he wanted to, he wanted to, to be known. He wasn't calling out just, he was calling out Seth Rollins, but the entire right. WWE, the building, the pavement, yep. anybody and everybody associated with WWE, dad is coming for you. Let's, yes. let's get into some of our topics. We're going to start with... Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. A lot of faction wars last night on AEW Dynamite. And we will, we will go with uh, the Black pool combat club and the elite continuing their war elite come out and they're like come out let's fight let's let's do this danielson appears on the screen calls them a bunch of amateurs blackpool combat club attacks from behind they're gonna gouge kenny omega's eyes out and don Callis initially runs down and then he's like nope this is a bad idea smart man then he comes comes back out with uh konosuke takeshka and takeshka makes the save for the elite, we know Callus has been recruiting him for a couple of months now. We finally got that kind of moving forward a little bit. Takeshka stood in front of Danielson, who he helped, mind you, in the MJF feud. Danielson and Takeshka was kind of lightly paired up a little bit during the MJF feud. He stood uh, between Danielson and Omega, saved Omega, ran off Blackpool Combat Club. Omega seemed very confused. The Bucks were on on social media said so they were gonna they owe Takeshka some Sibon now. What do we think of Takeshka now being part of elite adjacent here in AEW, Jensen? Um, I like it. So I thank you for breaking all that down, by the way, because that that's a really good kind of summary of, of how we got here with Takeshka and why it makes sense that Takeshka um, saved Omega. Because I love that something that AEW does really, really well 
it can be annoying sometimes and it can be like to their detriment sometimes but in general their long-term storytelling i really really like and i like that they stick to long-term sto storytelling and i i like that they they plant seeds and easter eggs like throughout things and don't like make it the the primary obvious focus of things all the time if that makes sense so like <clears throat> so like for a while we know that Don Callis was courting Takeshita. We know he was interested in, in working with him. We know Takeshita, you know, we, we know that there were seeds planted for a while, but it was never like front and center, like in your face week after week. Like, obviously this is where the story is going. We just kind of knew that the two of them were probably going to be working together at some point. And we also obviously know Don Callis's relationship with Kenny Omega. So, <clears throat> so it's one of those things where like, I'm glad that it's starting to pay off now. Um, and I like how the Bucks reacted because on TV they reacted confused, but then on social media they're like appreciative. So it's going to be an interesting story, I think. But also, what's interesting is like, where does this kind of leave Hangman and things? Because Hangman was clearly the fourth member of the elite in this thing against Blackpool. I mean, unless Blackpool uh, gains another member, which I guess is possible, which we can you know speculate about here potentially. Maybe do they need a a five on five situation is that what they're, what they're going for? And they added to catch on the elite side. I don't know. It, it raises some questions, but um, I really, really enjoyed this. Like the crowd popped big time. And the thing with the cash that's um, that's really uh, a, a, a testament to him is his AEW record, like, isn't good. Like, he loses most of the times that he wrestles, but he's gotten himself really over to the point where the fans don't really care if he wins or loses because, like, they know he has heart and fighting spirit and he has banger matches, and now he's got a storyline that matters. So um, so I, I really liked everything about that whole segment last night in his save. I'm glad they finally brought Takeshka back around into this because Callis has been recruiting him for months and it was a right. very, very slow burn to where it's like, okay, what's gonna gonna happen here? And you, you mentioned some AW storytelling. We'll get into this more when we talk about my spotlight, which is the the Britt Baker Adam Cole segment. It's like sometimes they just do the same thing every single week and nothing actually progresses. And I don't know if that's just oh, okay, we're gonna slow burn it, or if it's just we don't really have anything idea right now that we want to hit on, so we'll just kind of keep doing the same thing until we finally get to the beat that we really want to hit uh, with this. And I think it's kind of more of the latter than the former. Regardless, they finally hit the beat that they wanted to hit with with two things last night. And the, what, the big one was Takeshka, or they're both big, but one of them was Takeshka and finally bringing the pairing back around with Don Callis. So where does where does all of this stand right now? And and so let's let's do a little bit of speculation with, with this stuff. There's there's Hangman Page, who you would think is going to be involved in this still somehow. I don't understand why they would drop him just out of out of things. So I imagine once his eye is no longer gouged out, uh, he he will come back around into this. There's now Takeshka, who's aligned with the Elite. Blackpool does seem like they need another member because otherwise it's five against four, and the the heels probably should not be at the disadvantage here. That doesn't make a lot of sense. There's speculation of the Kota Ibushi part of this. Uh, I've seen I've seen theories of Takeshka ends up kind of turning on the elite and goes with Blackpool because again he did not go after Danielson last night. He has a little link to Danielson through the MJF feud. He seems to have some respect 
for Danielson, despite Danielson wanting to maim a man with a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. So he seems to have a little bit of respect there. You know, what, what do you think? Does Takeshka turn? Do we get somebody else? And then, so Takeshka turns and then Kota Bushi comes in, joins the elite, uh, or do we get somebody else on Blackpool and we just don't see Kota Bushi? And that's just a lot of fan theory and speculation and hope and want. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's probably the most likely scenario would be Takeshita turning. If, like, if, like, I'll say this if Abushi is coming into AEW, which at this point I pretty much expect, right? I, I just, I feel like it's like not inevitable, but like I feel like it's probably a really, really good possibility that, that he winds up there soon. Seems like the stars have all just kind of aligned perfectly at this point. Um, so if Abushi's coming in, I would definitely have him. Aligned with the elite, of course, Golden Lovers, Young Bucks, their history and everything, and then of course uh, Hangman. That'd be the perfect team there, and I would I would definitely have to catch to turn if that's the case. It's good. It's it's definitely uh, good that you brought up him not uh, to catch to that is not um, <clears throat> not attacking Danielson because obviously there's like the mutual respect there and Danielson. I, they, there's enough. There's been enough seeds planted up to this point, and even last night when Takeshita saved Omega, you can kind of see behind him for like a split second. I was almost like, "What if he also beats on Omega?" Like I, like, I you know, there's there was always there's kind of like this little feeling that I had about it for just a second where I was like, "So, I um, I could definitely see that happening. I could definitely see Takeshita turning, joining the Bipole Combat Club." And then Obushi comes in, and that's the five on five. <clears throat> because the other thing is, outside of them, I don't really think that, like, who else could really join Blackpool that would like make sense right now for this story? You know, like they're good; they're really good wrestlers on the AW roster that I think would fit in to the Blackpool Combat Club. But like, like Daniel Garcia, for instance. But I feel like that kind of story has kind of came and gone, and like yeah. it wouldn't make sense right now. You know, um, someone like even like Eddie Kingston or something like with the history has mocks and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm like, there are like, there are, there are people that you could slot in there. I think that you could make sense with it, but I think the most sense would be what you said, where Takashi would turn and Bushi would come in and that would be the five on five. If you're looking for just names who are kind of part of the roster kind of fit the Blackpool combat club style. I know Danielson wrestled Timothy Thatcher, uh, mm. But that just kind of fits that bill. A guy like Tony Deppin, if you're looking for someone who is not, you know, really name, big name out there. But, you know, they, the Blackpool Combat Club, one of the things like they like the young guys and they want to like shape and build and mold things like that. Like that was the whole point of, of Wheeler Yuta. So maybe someone like that who who fits the bill. Um, Chris Hero, just going to throw, throw him out there. I have no idea if he's interested in any type of wrestling at this point, but there's always going to be that link to, to Claudio Kingston like fits because of the mock stuff, but he just came off a big blood feud with, with Claudio, of course, with a hernia as well. Yeah. I don't know how active he's he's going to be. So, so that's where I don't quite know if he fits. Um, Those are just spitballing a couple of names out there. I assume if they have a Bushi up their sleeve, then it will be uh, to, Kashka turns, joins Blackpool, and then uh, Abushi comes in. I don't think Abushi is signing with AEW. I think it's more likely that he just kind of does. Abushi likes to just kind of wander. 
he like he likes to be be a freelance. That's why when he signed with New Japan, people were like kind of surprised, like, oh, he's actually like signing a contract there. He he likes to do the freelance stuff. I don't know if he want if he's committed to like moving to America full time, especially when he said he wants to open up a training school in Japan. So I'm not getting my hopes up of like, oh, he's gonna sign with um he's gonna sign with AEW. I think it's more likely that he does just kind of a big angle, he has some matches. But then he also still wants to do like his independent stuff or, or wrestle just random matches in Japan and things like that. That's my yeah. thought. <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel I feel the same way. I feel like that's yeah, probably pretty likely. It'd be great if AEW could sign him, but um, yeah, it's uh, I mean it, it's it's exciting to know that he could hopefully be coming in soon. And I mean we ought to also keep in mind, although it was years ago already at this point, but. You know, everyone thought Ibushi was a lock for WWE when he was doing the Cruiserweight Classic. And even back then, it was like, he didn't want to make the movie, he didn't want to make the commitment. And <clears throat> from, what I remember, from what I remember, like, it was pretty clear he was going to win that tournament, either him or uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And then neither of those guys wound up, like, actually signing. And I remember that it all got, like, changed, like, Metal League and TJP, or at least that's how it felt as, like, a fan watching it. But... Um, so yeah, Abushi's always been one to just kind of like, I know you did the new Japan contract, like you said, that was surprising, but he's always been one to kind of just like do his own thing, uh, be his own dude. Like he's a very unique individual, you know, I, I, uh, artistic guy, you know, I, I it's, you know, so I, it's one of those things where like, I, I hope he winds up, I hope he does what he wants to do. But as a fan, I selfishly, I want to see him more like while we can, because he also takes like big breaks from wrestling and stuff like, and he's super talented. And we've been talking about wanting to see Ibushi on like mainstream American wrestling for, I mean, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I, the first time I saw Ibushi, but it had to have been, I mean, at least 10 years ago. I mean, it, it's wild, you know? So it's just one of those things where like, Hopefully, hopefully they can make that happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's the most likely scenario. What, what do y'all think in the chat? I think Takesha. The more that the more that I think think about, it, the more we talk about it, I think it just makes the most sense that Takesha would turn. And there's another layer there too, because like how long Don Callis was trying to like align with him that like it will it will cut even deeper. It isn't may, maybe the whole thing with Don Callis was so that the turn would matter. You know, like when you really think about it. You know, because otherwise Takesha is just like a good wrestler, but he doesn't have really any link to the guys for any reason. You know, so I, I think it was done. I mean, I I, I like the angle. I yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was really well done last night, oh. and we will see just kind of kind of how it plays out. I guess whoever uh, gives Takeshka the most Cinnabon is probably going to win his win his love a desire whoever can pay for the most who do you think has more money between blackpool and the elite who could pony up the most cinnabon between them that's a good question danielson's got a lot of wwe money that was my first yeah that was my first thing i was going to say is going to be danielson danielson's got this wwe well so does mox mox has got yeah yeah The, the one the one you know part there is uh you know yuda yuda's the low man there he's he's by far got the least of of uh of these these guys here claudio zaro's got a lot of got a lot of wwe money as well i imagine hangman or not well you could throw in hangman there if you want 
Omega and the Bucks got some got some good AEW money, but yeah, that was some good New Japan money, not WWE yeah. money. Uh, it's tough. It, it's tough because I don't know. I don't know how relative. This is so weird to speculate on. I've just never even thought about yeah. it. But I wonder if it's more relative that it's like, like what uh maybe like what Claudio's tier was with like the WWE was maybe relative to what like like Kenny's New Japan was maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know how like close like yeah. those numbers would be because I because like Danielson WWE I would and even Mox because. The thing with Mox that we got to keep in mind, he was brought in at, as a member of the Shield, and there was always plans for those three guys to be three main eventers for a really long time. So Moxley probably had a really good deal, um, but like Danielson, we know had to have had a good deal. He was like their top guy for for a while. So like, um, I don't think it's close now that we we think about. It. Yeah, it's got to be Blackpool. It's got to be Blackpool. Yeah, and it, look, if it comes down to it, and and. Blackpool is like gonna lose the Cinnabon War for Takeshka. Danielson just going going to Brie Garcia, Brie Bella, and be like, hey, like five extra bucks to to make sure we can get that extra cinnamon roll in there to make sure we acquire the services of Takeshka. You know, Brie Brie's got that. Renee's got it too. So you know, Omega Omega in the Bucks, they they don't have the the, the spousal support either. Yeah, it's not close. Blackpool is gonna wash them in the Cinnabon War. Yeah, Takeshka's definitely going three, five, twenty lifetimes for Takeshka. <laughs> goes to Blackpool. That'd be a great heel thing for him to do, though. Is just be like hang out with Blackpool Combat Club in the back, like in like the locker room. He just got like his feet kicked up eating Cinnabon. Like, yeah, like that would be. I, I, a heel Takeshka would be interesting. What a vibe that would be for for Blackpool. All these hardened guys who just like to be in the gym and professionals and everything. And here's just Takeshka, just like having his Cinnabon just chilling out with, with everything. Yeah. Or maybe he makes his opponents eat them. Like Takeshi beats down his opponents and shoves a Cinnabon in their mouth. Oh, that's not bad. I don't mind that. I like that. Like you, you got to taste the yeah. joy of Cinnabon like the rest of us. <laughs> You're going to get fat. I'm going to, you eat it for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's like he's in Blackpool and you know, they make him just train so much. Like he's got to cut Cinnabon out of his diet and so he's got to right. shove it into everybody else's mouth and then that's why he beats them up even more it was like no you're disgusting for eating the cinnabon and he, he's just like he's going after them because he can't do it it's uh it's a very psychological thing he might need therapy or something like that honestly yeah this is a really good storyline <laughs> uh the other one of the other big happenings on AEW last night is we got a big confrontation between Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, where Adam Cole called them a Jagoff. You know what yeah. a Jagoff is, Stephen Jensen? Um, I remember Jagoffosaurs from South yeah. Park back in the day. They're like, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was it. That was it. I remember they made some some annoying noise. That was it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like these big like platypus duck thing looking yes. things that was like walking. Yeah, but anyway, no, I've, I I. That's all I could think about when when he said Jagoff. I just thought Jagoffosaur, but I that's is that is that is that like a common that's like a common burn uh, in Pittsburgh? I'm guessing. I don't know. It, it's a Pittsburgh thing. Just what it sounded like Jagoffs. I guess. I mean, obviously Jackoff is like pretty common, but like Jagoff is very. Do we specific. need to, to learn the origin of a Jagoff here or Jagoff origin? Oh uh, yeah, it's apparently it's a very big Pittsburgh thing. I have no idea. I'm not from that. Pittsburgh. Don't live too far from it, but Britsburg. 
it's it's a, it's a Scots Irish word jag, uh, which means thorn or to be pricked. But uh, the word also has a deep history in Chicago. So you know maybe he's taking shots at uh, a famous Phil mm. from Chicago in reference to to Jericho because Danielson was kind of kind of making Chicago Phil references when he's talking about Omega and the elite and being amateurs. But Omega has the potential, and I see more in you. These other empty-headed dumb fucks they don't they're they're useless and not worth my time they are amateurs you actually could be somebody kenny omega a lot of references a lot of, a lot of veiled references on AEW last night anyway adam cole calls him a jag off and then they get into a big brouhaha daniel garcia comes out and attacks cole i was waiting for keith lee's music to hit keith lee's right. music did not hit for the save and said Britt baker comes out Britt is like, get the get the hell off my man. What are we doing? Stop this. And Britt gets attacked from behind by the outcast, Ruby, Soraya, and Tony. They lay her out. They beat her down. Uh, Adam Cole gets handcuffed to the ropes. They get a kendo stick. And instead of hitting Adam Cole, they hit Britt. And Cole is, you know, yelling, screaming to stop. He's apologizing to Britt for all of this. I, I joked on Twitter, like, why is no one saving Adam Cole? Everyone tells me how, how nice this man is. Oh, nicest guy in the world, Adam Cole. Nobody's there for Adam Cole? What are we doing? But I actually yeah. love this segment. I, I thought this was fanta- like a fantastic heat segment because I expected the whole just, here's the music hit, beat down, save. They did this like three times last week. They did it earlier in the night with Ricky and everything. Like, I thought that it was just going to be the whole beat down, music save angle that they run into the ground at this point and said they did a real heat segment in pittsburgh in front of brit's hometown in front of brit's family in front of cole's family and everything i thought this is a home run segment for especially for this view especially for the outcast and originals feud which has been very just it's been a lot of beat down music save uh angles on this so i, I thought it was a home run segment what about you yeah, no, I, I totally agree about everything you just said. Like, I was expecting Keith Lee to come out for the save. I was expecting just, like, anyone to come out for the save at, at, at a certain point. Um, especially with how, you, you know, you mentioned Adam Cole and how everyone loves him so much and everything. He's such a great dude. Um, I mean, <clears throat> it was it was smart to do this in Pittsburgh, obviously, with it being Britt's hometown. And Adam Cole's mom was was in the front row. I mean, like, that's – that was good heat. It was done really well. The only thing that I was waiting on – and actually, it's brought up here. Ballot for film. Thank you very much uh, for the for the comment here because I agree with this. Um, he said <clears> – <throat> excuse me. He says, I feel like the segment would have been uh, better if Jericho had attacked Britt, but they probably couldn't do that out of fear of people freaking out. Yeah. Um, I guess – I mean, it's pretty – I don't know. We see a lot of quote unquote intergender wrestling and stuff at this point. I don't think it's like that out of pocket for like Jericho to like hit Brit with a Judas effect or something. You know what I mean? Like I, I was kind of expecting that to happen, honestly, because that's like massive heat on Jericho to like to hit Brit in her hometown. It'd be especially if she was like looking at Adam Cole. She's like, you know, not even looking at Jericho. If he like hit her in the back of the head with one or something just super cowardly. Um, but uh but yeah, no, I I was kind of exp- I was kind of waiting that on that also. If I'm being completely honest, I thought Jericho was going to go like really over the top and take it too far in that way. But 
regardless, it was smart how they did it, getting the outcast involved, having Soraya be the one to to do the um to do the uh what did, what was it a kendo stick? What did kendo she stick. Use? Yes. Yeah, kendo stick. Um but uh but yeah, so I mean I thought it was a really well done segment as well. And it 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 adds a lot of heat to Jericho versus Adam Cole. Um, which is a match I'm already looking forward to. Jericho, in my opinion, is the GOAT, and Adam Cole is one of the best current uh, current day wrestlers, in my opinion. So, you know, this is, this is all really good stuff. And they, and, they, and they, you know, AEW, I feel like, I could be wrong, but AEW doesn't do a whole lot of this, like, hometown beatdown type stuff. WWE is notorious for it, especially with guys like Jim Ross and stuff, like, historically. But... I feel like this was this was good and kind of different for AEW, where they were, didn't like they you know, Britt got her celebration at the beginning of the show when she wrestled. Yeah, she got her, but win. yeah, but they still like they uh they got the heat, you know, at the end there with Jericho and her and, and Cole and everything. So I yeah, I thought it was really well done. Uh, a couple things. Anime Otaku asking, where was Jamie? So the, you know they had the match earlier in the night. There was it was a very brief cut. Uh, but like Jamie Hayter was getting helped to the back by by an official, and Britt was there. It was on the side, yeah, very brief. Like I was actually um, when when I was watching, I was like, oh, I hope Jamie is okay because I saw her the way she was getting helped to the back. It didn't look great, so she was selling that. I don't recall if it was like mentioned on commentary. If it wasn't, they probably should have hit that a little bit more. That hey, Jamie Hayter's in the back. She's being attended to by medical. That's why she is not out there. You know, why didn't anybody else come out and save wrestling? Uh, I, I had I had a conversation with uh, Ryan from Mark Order uh, on Twitter of like, there's somebody should have the gimmick of they just like save everybody in this in this spot. Like that's that's just baby. Even if they get beat down in every single segment of just like they come out and they just make the big the baby face save for everyone. And someone pointed out like, yeah, Kofi Kingston did that, and everyone called him stupid and a loser. It's like, well, you know what? Kofi Kingston's had a job for a decade. He's one of the most decorated champions in WWE, and now he's part of the, the one of the best stables ever and made two lifetime friends because just being nice. So just be nice. Go out there and make the save. They might call you stupid. Why do you keep saving these people and you get beat down every single time? Make friends. Be nice to everybody. Look at the long-term value that paid off for Kofi Kingston. Somebody, we need to run this angle whenever we uh, take hold of a federation here. Yeah, dude, I absolutely love the idea of a gimmick like that. I'm not gonna lie, like someone who, <laughs> someone who makes a save for baby faces no matter what, and occasionally just gets his ass kicked for the attempt, but like never he stops. He gets his ass kicked all the time, every I, single time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get That's even a better time. gimmick. Oh my god, someone who unsuccessfully makes a save every time, like comes out, gets their ass kicked occasionally creates a diversion where the other guy can get away. Like the guy who was getting attacked yeah. initially gets away. Like they're okay now. And this other guy's left for dead every time. Oh no. But, can yeah, even, you can, you can even <laughs> do this as a heel origin story of like, he keeps doing this all the time. And then the yeah. baby face is never like thankful for it of like, look, they, you know, you came out, whatever. That was your decision to go. Like no baby face is ever thankful. I mean, finally this guy just freaking snaps on everybody. And, and just yeah. you know just attacks everyone i don't know who could pull this off like it's got to start is you know action and dready should do this he ain't doing anything else right now action and dready should should be this big hero who saves everybody and just gets beat down and then no one is receptive or thankful to him it's like yeah you're just kind of whatever action and dready and then he finally snaps and he's like remember when i beat chris jericho 
Like I have this win that very few people in AEW have that I try to be nice. I try to save everybody. It didn't do anything for me. Then you can align with Chris Jericho. I've actually done something with Action Andretti, unlike uh, AEW TK. Action Andretti is now in like ROH, just teaming with Darius Martin. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's actually an incredible, incredible story. So I'm, yeah, I'm down. When we started booking, when we, when, uh, whenever Jameson, uh, needs a little break off booking, uh, Championship District Wrestling, we can, uh, we can go ahead and slot in there and, and try to, try to book he was on. Well, you see our guy, Jameson Ryan on Dark? I did. Uh, I actually, I, 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 when did that air already? Yeah, yeah, it aired on it aired on Tuesday. He was he was you know Flex Luger, Pose Malone. Get, He's there back there with the Iron Savages. All right, well we'll have another we'll have another interview for y'all with Jameson soon. I, I talked to him. Uh, I actually talked to him the night or the day after he wrestled that match. I DM with him, but I didn't know when it was gonna uh, when it was gonna air. But he uh, he's in good shape. You know, obviously he was he was coming off of an injury and uh, and everything, and he's in a he's in a good spot now. He looks like bare bear country right i think they're like doing like a yeah a, iron like savages a, iron sorry iron savages they're doing a like a trio type of thing now it looks like with him or he's at least being a part of that group so yeah good for our boy jameson so yeah if he and by the way well actually we'll, we'll talk about jameson more whenever whenever we catch up with him but um yeah this is this is a good uh it's a good idea and then you, the guy could even you can do some real long-term storytelling guy turns heel and then he starts unsuccessfully attacking people after their matches. So he tries to heal <laughs> and he starts to start attacking people. And like, they just wind up beating him up for the attacks. Anyway. Uh, Shad Sounds First says, saw people mix on this, but I really liked it. Made Jericho look like an evil SOB. The only thing I would have added is a bit of color for Brit. I get, I get, I get that too. I understand like you wanting and other people wanting to see like Jericho, like hit Brit, even if it was with the kendo stick. Thing would have added a little bit didn't have to be didn't have to be like a punch or a, a forearm or a judas effect or anything just like give her one shot with the kendo stick that could have added something uh and yeah if brick got a little bit of color that could have added something but i still liked how it was done because sometimes they do go over the top with the color mm-hmm. and you know i understand okay let's not have a, a male hit a female and that May, again, a forearm, a punch might have been like, ooh, I don't know about that type of thing. A kendo stick, a little bit different. But Jericho still just looks like an asshole out of all this for just like setting it up and aligning with the outcast and like doing all of this. I guess he figured Britt was going to make the save because the outcasts were just under the ring. So they could have just been chilling out under the ring for no reason if Britt never came out and the, the plan wouldn't have worked. Jericho knew the power of love and that uh, Britt Baker would come down to, to save her man. So Jericho's ahead, man. He's playing chess. He's like uh, Arn Anderson playing chess. Everybody yes. else is playing checkers. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, Arn oh, Anderson Scott, speaking of. Oh, Scott left for film is uh, yes. beefing with you. So I have a bonus. This is a good dude. This is a good dude. This what? is a live, a live, an old, an OG live round viewer of myself and Doug. So I appreciate him being in here. What's, what's, this? what's with this idea that the Undertaker sucked for most of his career? He's an undisputed legend. I never said he sucked for most of his career. What I said was Sting was always better than The Undertaker. There's a big difference between those two statements. There's a big difference. So I saw a tweet from, I think it was from NoDQ.com. Um, and they no they DQ. said something. What's that? NoDQ.com. Yeah. There was something. They said something like... Uh, like is Sting now finally reaching the point where he's yes. almost as good 
like as goaded as the undertaker is like pretty much the question and i was like all i said was things always been better than the undertaker and i honestly believe that there were some people that like try to get me to like respond as to why and i don't like doing that on twitter because luckily for me i have a platform like this where i can actually talk and you can actually hear like hear me like actually explain these kind of things on twitter it's tough because you have the limited characters you never get the right tone and i never want to sound condescending or like i'm fighting with people on twitter because i never am i'll say this right now i will never fight with anyone on twitter it's not worth my time if i'm ever responding to you about anything i'm, I'm doing it in good faith so with uh with something like this it was more so i've always been more entertained by sting even going all the way back to Sting's colorful face paint, the quote-unquote surfer Sting, although we never have any proof that Sting ever surfed. You know, that's a whole other controversy in itself. But Sting, you know, in his whole career, I think the, I think the Crow gimmick, like his 1997, that whole storyline heading into the match with Hogan, I think that that one year is better. I'm not saying, like, that one year is collectively better than the whole Undertaker's career. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's been one year of the Undertaker's career that's ever that was better than that year Sting had even just year to year comparison like um and I'm just saying and Sting's been Sting's been over for like 40 years you know so it's one of those things where I understand there are going to be people who are going to be more on the Undertaker's side they're just bigger and also keep in mind I was a bigger WCW fan than WWF fan so like there's a lot of I'm just a, I'm just a I'm an OG Sting fan have been he's one of the first wrestlers I ever saw wrestle and he's a yeah, so that's just that's how I feel. It, it was more of a comparison of I always I think Sting is better than the Undertaker if I'm just comparing them one v one, but I'm not saying that the Undertaker sucked. You are completely right in your opinion here. Why are people mad at you for this, Stephen Jensen? That's what I want to know. There Why are a are lot of not- people. Yeah, there are a lot of people that. There you go. There it is. I got a sign Sting Ninja Turtle right here behind me. Um, why are people mad mad about this? They, you're correct. Stings stings way better than the Undertaker. See, way, I think a lot of people would feel like that. The Undertaker, the Undertaker had great matches against Shawn Michaels, and that's his legacy. The Undertaker was awful for the first however many years. He it, it fight like the American Badass stuff finally. With uh, you're fine, Della, for film. But yeah, no, I, no. I he, he said he was kidding, by the way. So yeah, no, yeah. I, I, and I, I, I know that. I'm actually glad he brought that question up, though, so I could clarify that because I did have people come at me over that whole thing. And you I was have like, to clarify really? anything. The people who are mad at you are just wrong. Sorry that they're wrong. Yeah. Sting Facts. is better than the Undertaker. He won't be looked back quite as fondly by a lot of fans because he didn't have this big WWE run in WWE. Was just treated him like nonsense against triple h at wrestlemania which was a joke uh while the undertaker is put on this like giant pedestal as a legend a great gimmick for the undertaker not disputing any of that but sting he's a more diverse performer than the undertaker too him switching from surfer sting to crow sting to joker sting to, to legend sting like just way way better than the undertaker doing his thing yeah. Wait a bit. Had a better match with Goldberg as well. Yeah. He's better. And he also mentioned I I might I may have retweeted something about the Undertaker being good for five years of his career. I can't remember what the what the context that's, was that's, in that tweet, uh, but it might have been something where it was like comparing the overall. And sometimes, by the way, I retweet stuff by just people I like. I don't always necessarily like completely agree either. Like you know, just I want to put that out there too. There's plenty of stuff that like I just feel like the 
like the message needs to get out there more, but I don't necessarily agree with it, if that makes sense. Um, so like, I think, uh, it might have been a tweet that was more along the lines. It could be wrong, but I think it might, like collectively, like if you look at the undertaker's career, cause so much of it towards the end was like one match a year or just a few matches a year, you know, for WrestleMania and stuff like that. Um, and I know Sting's career was like sporadic too, but I think if you like collectively take all of Sting's matches, all of his career, WCW, uh, TNA, WWE, AEW, and take all of that, I think collectively you'd probably get more, just more great matches total. Like, you know, the Undertaker, because even the Undertaker's WrestleMania matches, like some of them were incredible, but some of them were terrible, you know? Like, I mean, it's just, and you know, when you're having one match a year or whatever, you know, this is what it is. So I, you know, Sting's never disappointed me. Let me put it that way. Sting still kills it to this day. He goes out there and he has matches that I'm talking about, you know, you know, the next night or whatever. So I, I, uh, anyway, I appreciate the feedback though. And, uh, and I do trust me. There, there were, there were some people that were really mad about, it. I know, I know, I, I know he isn't mad in the chat, but, uh, there were, people that were yeah. so yeah. Anyways, yeah, people, Anton says, going through a tough time, appreciate Spotlight Distraction from life for a while. Always wanted Undertaker versus Sting, WWF versus WCW style match. Antoine, I hope things uh, turn around for you, man. Uh, sorry, sorry to hear that you're going through a rough time. We appreciate you. We appreciate the, the support. I will see you on, uh, I mean, the same person. I will see you on, on Twitter and being supportive and stuff. So we, we appreciate that, man. Again, ho- yeah. hopefully things uh, turn around. Yeah, I think Undertaker's Sting was a big dream match for a lot of people. I don't understand why WWE never did it uh unfortunately the undertaker was going to win and they were probably going to botch it anyway so maybe it's a good thing that they didn't do it yeah i mean it's always going to be just a giant like i mean it was right there in front of them the only thing i didn't like about that match was i always assumed undertaker would win because it would happen in the wwe but um it was you know it was really frustrating that they went with the sting versus Triple H feud instead. They they had the Sting Undertaker match right there for WrestleMania. Sting Sting and Triple H w- was fine, like as a feud, especially with Sting's entrance at Survivor Series and Triple H being. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. 
That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Authority and stuff like that, I didn't have an issue with. The issue was the booking was dumb because they just tried to turn it. Ah, here's a Monday Night Wars rehash, and then Sting lost. It was just, it was stupid. If Sting would have won that and then lost to The Undertaker, like, fine. I understand that perspective. But once he lost to Triple H, it's like, well, they clearly, they see this guy how they see him. And that's just kind of bad. (laughs) The only cool thing about that was... Like when DX and and NWO, like I actually marked out for that when both of those teams like went at it, although it happened like decades too late, but it was, uh, anyway, yeah, we can move on. But yeah, appreciate that, Antoine. Uh, I I wanted that match too. Maybe we'll see it in AEW one day. Who knows? I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. I like how you can hear Triple H like banging the table there. He's so emphatic that the story never finishes. Maybe we will get Sting and Undertaker one day because the story never finishes, Steven Jensen. Uh, big news out of the WWE world this past week as uh, Fightful Sean Ross Sapp reported that WWE and Twitch came to an agreement. Superstars will now be allowed to stream on Twitch again, and it seems like they're getting whatever you're going to get off of Twitch and WWE, their cut is coming from the Twitch side and it said that talent is happy about this deal. And so we'll start seeing more WWE people on Twitch. What are your thoughts, Shredson? Did did it say anywhere how long this deal is, is for how long they can do it? It's like indefinite. They're just allowed to do it. I assume so until I don't think there was any hard and like hard uh, agreement there. Um, But yeah, I would assume it's like, yeah, however long they're they're going to do it, and then they, they go from there. So it's interesting. I mean, it's we talked about this with Dad in our interview a little bit. You all hear later on in the show. But, um, I mean, obviously I like the concept, because when you think about it, like, even think about this with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho works for AEW. He obviously is contracted AEW, AEW talent, and AEW's contracts are definitely, you know, work differently than WWE's do. But they should be the same in the sense of when you leave work, you should be able to really do whatever you want when you when you've done what you've contract when you're contractually obligated to. And someone like Chris Jericho should be allowed to go, you know, do Fozzie in his spare time and stuff. Like these people should be able to go off and do their own things and have their own lives and um, pursue their own interests and stuff outside of their profession when they're not expected to be on company time. And um you know, so it's it's one of those things where, like, it was always weird that they want... The only thing that I ever understood about WWE's position on them not wanting their performers on Twitch or, or making, like, quote-unquote, internet money independently is, like, I, I get if they're using their WWE names, why the WWE would want a piece of that because they feel like the reason that that person's name is as valued as it is, is because they put them on their platform and made it that valuable. I understand that, but it's also, it was also never such a large amount of money that WWE should have like, like the money they were making from Twitch wasn't competing with the money they were making in WWE, if that makes sense. It was like two two totally separate things. And these are people that are gaming or just hanging out and, or just interacting with fans. At the end of the day, it's honestly, just really good publicity and and um, really advertising for the WWE to a different audience or to their own audience. You know, you're either going to get a bunch of people in those Twitch chats 
that are already fans of you, like, because they just want to know you better or have a chance to interact with you or, or, you know, donate to your stream so you see their messages so they can feel like, you know, you get to know your favorite wrestlers and stuff like that. Get to influence what they do on the stream. You know, someone like Speedball might, well, I don't know, this is WWE, but someone like Speedball Mike Bailey has gotten obviously very popular because of his wrestling, but even more so because he'll go on Twitch and you can recommend matches or wrestlers for him to watch and stuff like that. And it's like really interactive. Um, and that's why I think it's, it's so valuable to have something like that because you're, you're interacting with your fan base. But on top of that, the thing that makes Twitch really unique, <clears throat> which is different than like YouTube or, or really any other Instagram, really any other platform you can consume live, uh, live video the Twitch communities, it's different than anywhere else because most places like YouTube, there's not really a, a community aspect to that. You kind of just like click which videos you want. You might be kind of feed it, fed like recommended videos. But on Twitch, like if, like I'll, I'll use like big, big Twitch names, for instance, like XQC is probably like the biggest, one of the biggest Twitch streamers. Like Kai also, like Kai, well, Kai just got banned. But like, so like XQC, like there, there'll be a bunch of people watching him. And then, like, he'll go offline, and, like, those viewers might go over to, like, um, like, uh, Gold or whoever. Like, what, like, they're, they're going from, like, streamer to streamer. Like, they don't, like, leave Twitch. So, like, they're, like, there all day, all night. Those are the Twitch fans. And they're just going from, like, streamer to streamer to streamer to streamer when people go on and offline. Um, so it's, like, more of a community thing. And the reason I bring all this up, why I think it's so important, is because a lot of that community has no interest in professional wrestling. And if you can get them interested, that's a whole like untapped fan base right there of, of like really, really, really loyal viewers. Like if you can get some really loyal Twitch viewers to bring their communities over to these WWE performers and now you get to know them better and you become fans of them. Now you're watching the show more and you're buying the merchandise, you're getting the you're getting peacock and all this stuff now. Because now you know, now you know, now now you know that these people exist. You might not have even known about them before or whatever, but you're a big gamer and now they're in your world. So um, it's uh, I think it's really smart. Um, <clears throat> it's also really interesting, like the timing of this, because right now Twitch is at its absolute worst, like as a company. So like that's gonna be interesting. Um, there's a company called Kick, which I actually saw Andre bring up in the chat. They're actually giving 95% of their earnings to their uh, streamers, from what I understand, not not just 90 Andre. So from what I understand, Kick is giving away 95% of their money to their streamers. They're not taking any sub revenue. They're, this is a whole rabbit hole conversation that that we'll get to for people that you want to hear me go into. But Twitch takes 50% of the of the of the, the streamers pay, from what I understand, for the give or take. So it's it's just one of those things where kick kick or sorry, Twitch is like the McDonald's of the streaming industry. It makes the most sense that WWE would want to associate with them. They're the most reliable, the most well established. And they still have the majority of the streaming uh, uh, viewership by far. But there are alternatives that are coming around right now that pay streamers a lot better. So that's going to be interesting potentially if, you know, let's say uh, who's, a, who's a WWE wrestler who, who, who will have like a really big uh, Twitch, Twitch channel? Uh, Woods, Woods, Austin Creed. Woods, Woods is a good, good example. If Woods gets in a position where he's getting a ton of viewers on Twitch – and he's getting 50% of that taken from Twitch and then another percentage of it taken from the WWE off of... Well, no, no, no. So WWE's taking part of the Twitch side, by, by all they're saying. They're not taking any part of the talent side. But the Twitch side has to be off the talent, right? Because, like, the talent... Because Twitch is still paying... So, like, Twitch... The money the streamer would get would be, like... What do you mean by Twitch money? By the Twitch side? 
like like apparently yeah apparently like okay so you said twitch takes 50 percent, and then the other 50 percent goes to the streamer wwe is getting part of the twitch 50 percent, not right. part of the talent 50 right okay so i guess kind of what, what i'm trying to explain is like but over on a platform like kick like the streamer will get 95 percent of that right not you know not 50 so it just but I, I see what you're saying though like they're off but i guess my my point i guess my overall point is this i think it's an overall good thing that like they're getting to do this on twitch but it's interesting that the timing is now because so many big twitch streamers are leaving twitch because of problems with the platform and because they're they're not paying out what they what they should be based on what other platforms are willing to pay them out so um so it's just it's interesting timing, but I but I'm 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 happy for them, and I think some of them are going to do really really well on the platform. I I think whoever's going to be on the platform will do really well. Uh, Joel Pearl and I had a, had a big conversation about this yesterday on on in the weeds, and basically my my kind of overall thoughts on it are that I would imagine there's some restrictions of like hey don't say certain things out there. Uh, I think one of the big restriction. I think one of the big restriction is that, you know, clear any like, guests from another company that that might be on there, which is just basic like media and PR. You got to clear the guest doing an interview on a show before you show up on, on that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, Twitch was big during the pandemic era because nobody had any place to go. We were all inside and just like, yeah, let me jump on and play video games. I love this. And now with everybody traveling and all of that again, like I don't know how many wrestlers are going to be on it and using it the way they were during the pandemic. Um so I, I think you you won't see as many people like be as prominent on that stuff. Uh, uh, you know, Andre mentioned Zelina and AJ Styles. I know Zelina just mm-hmm. returned to Twitch not too long ago. AJ was actually doing like mixer for for a little bit he he kind of like went away from twitch and, and got on mixer um yeah i don't know if that's still like a no big that shut down that shut that right. was that was a whole other thing that was owned by microsoft and they uh they wound up signing ninja and shroud who were two really big streamers and they wound up getting ninja made about 30 million dollars in his payout and shroud made about 10 million in his payout they, they wound up having to do about a year of a three-year contract that went and signed with with twitch anyways afterward <laughs> they, they got the biggest w's in in gaming history um but no mixer doesn't exist anymore the difference between mixer and like kick though is kick is is basically backed by stake.com who is like the big gambling uh company that just has unlimited money so that's why it's interesting is like they can afford to pay these streamers this amount of money so it's uh um anyways that's all that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation but um but yeah, no, I, there there are going to be I, I there are going to be some WWE wrestlers that I think are going to do really well on Twitch. There's also going to be plenty that are going to realize it's not for them that you know like they're not going to probably do a whole lot or like you said during the pandemic it's a lot easier when people don't have anything else to do. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's good though. I'm glad that they're I'm glad that the wrestlers are having more freedom to do more stuff that they want to do outside of their contracted WWE you know hours or whatever. Yeah, and especially if WWE's not taking a talent portion of the cut either like i mean like you said they're they're only getting 50 percent of whatever they're getting anyway because twitch takes so much it would be lame if WWE was like okay you're only getting 50 percent we're gonna take another 10 of that and then you're only getting 40 percent of whatever you're making off of twitch and then it's like okay is this even like a fruitful venture for us to if you know we're we only making 40 dollars for every 100 dollars that 
you know, we get off of this. Like maybe it still would be for some people, but you got to build a community. You you've got to like be active on it. You got to be consistent on it. And with travel, with a lot of these guys having other ventures and stuff now, I don't know how I don't know how much time some of these people are going to commit. Certainly, the people who were more active during the pandemic probably just aren't going to be as active uh nowadays and that's going to show up very quickly of like hey you're just kind of doing this trying to look for maybe a couple bucks here and there where you know somebody like woods who will actually sit down build the community and and go from there i think it's a good thing because it will help people discover wwe and whether or not they tune in wwe i don't know but if it helps discover if it helps people discover somebody like xavier woods and then he gets merchandise off of that like great i'm, I'm all for that i'm all for whatever is beneficial to the talent at the end of the day yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, WWE wrestlers, get on Twitch, do more stuff independently. If you're able to, that's good stuff. I'll give a non-WWE wrestler a uh, a Twitch plug right now here on the show. And I'm only doing this because I know this guy has been putting in a ton of hours on it. It's like every time I don't see him wrestling, I see he's on Twitch. Shout out to Raddy Daddy Forever on Twitch. Cole Radrick, he's, he's been putting in a ton of Twitch hours. So I want to give him, if, if y'all are, are if y'all on Twitch, go give him a follow. But uh yeah anyways there's a yeah more there's more more you know i would it would suck if like me and you had a job with fightful right and like just because we talk about wrestling we weren't allowed to ever talk about wrestling anywhere else when we weren't doing it here you know that'd be right. weird yeah. you know so like you know it's glad that they're able to do more yeah I, I might that might be part of my new deal is i can't do shows elsewhere of and talk about wrestling elsewhere so i don't know i don't i got really i didn't this no. is Sean. Sean. I'm gonna say like Sean talks about wrestling other places all the time. Like, I gotta read the fine print. I don't know what the. I gotta read the fine print on this. You know how wrestling contracts work. You're just like, yeah, I'll sign this, and then yeah. you find out you're in a ultimate but, deletion match. Next thing you know. But it's one of those things where it's like I would, you know, if someone asked me to be on their wrestling show to talk about wrestling at 9:30 a.m. Eastern time on a Thursday, like obviously I wouldn't do it because I'm though I'm. My responsibility is this. You know what I mean? Like that's how I feel like it should work. What am I responsible for in your company? Let me know. Awesome. I will always be there. You can always rely on me. I have all this other free time to do whatever I want. You know, like it's, that's, that's how life should work. Like the WWE shouldn't have a stranglehold on what, on, on you playing video games in front of your audience when you're, when you're not well, getting beat up across the country, you know, across the world, especially if you're classified as an independent contractor. Right. Um, exactly. Look, NBA players are on Twitch and stuff. That, that's the big joke is like Kyler Murray. Oh, when the new Call of Duty drops, like look at Kyler Murray's stats after after the latest Call of Duty update. Because that dude's on, playing in Twitch. the locker room at halftime. <laughs> like he brings his Xbox apparently or PlayStation or whatever. And like that's then there's teammate, but it's becoming a, that actually is becoming a problem, I think, for some players. Yeah, like they're prioritizing gaming over. Um, but hey, that's a whole other thing. And that, but once again, that's on there. That, that's their prior uh, prerogative. If you if you want to be like, I'm, I'm gonna say like Juju <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster is a good example because I know he, he I don't know if he streams anymore. But I know he used to a lot. And it's like, dude, if you ever wanted to quit the NFL, like you just like the money you make streaming. There's nothing wrong with that. Paige Van Zant quit the UFC because she was making more money on Instagram posts. Like I I respect that. Like if you want to do something that doesn't involve getting beat up all the time and you can chill playing video games or, or, or taking pictures or whatever, like that's, I consider that a W, you know, um, if that's what you want to do and that's what makes you happy. Like, so, uh, anyway, 
yeah, I think we're all on the same page here. It's good to see the talent just kind of get more freedom to do. Do you know if they're allowed to use their real like they like AJ Styles can be AJ Styles? They don't have to be like Alan Jones or whatever. Right. I, I'm not sure what the like if that's part of it. I know a lot of the wrestlers, Ken Woods being an example, was already using like the Austin Creed branding for Twitch anyway. Zelina right. was already using like Thea Trinidad branding. So I think most of them are probably just gonna like stick with that branding. It probably look if WWE if if WWE has like an agreement with Twitch, which it seems that they do, it'd probably be good if it's like, yeah, use our wrestling branded names here because that helps Twitch. Uh, somebody in our yes. chat, I think it's, uh, yeah, Andre says, yeah, Twitch needs WWE talents right now. Like that, if Twitch is down bad, uh, like that helps Twitch. It's like, hey, you can find not Austin Creed, you could find Xavier Woods on our platform, and that's going to draw more than than Austin Creed, even though Creed's done a great job building building the brand people know xavier woods more than austin creed so i i think maybe we will start seeing them use uh their actual wwe names instead of using their their real names to, uh, when they go on switch well yeah. that'll be very evident very quickly of yeah. uh what name that people are using and, and some some will choose to probably use their own names if they're able to because i'll never forget like cardona and myers those two guys uh are or, or uh what was their wwe names i can't even remember i'm zach ryder Zach uh Kurt Hawkins. Brian, Kurt Hawkins. Jeez. Yeah. I couldn't remember the WWE. But even when they were in the WWE, they started using their real names and like their YouTube channel and stuff pretty much as a just in case. Like if we need to yeah. stand on our own, people will know who we are outside of the WWE. Um, and also it's worth mentioning, Twitch has been successful for wrestling in the past. You know, a lot of indie wrestle or a lot of indie companies broadcast off Twitch. Impact Wrestling, I, I'd argue that the most interest in Impact Wrestling has had in the company in the last few years was when they were running weekly on Twitch. I honestly believe that. There was people like myself and Joel and a lot of other fans that were doing like live watch parties and stuff. And it seemed like there was a lot of buzz for Impact around that time. And I thought it was a gigantic, that was a big L in my opinion, was when they switched over uh, platforms over to YouTube and stuff. Like I, um, anyways, um, yeah, that's kind of, I, I could talk about Twitch and the platform wars and all this stuff for, for hours. And, and, but that's, we'd be too out of topic and not get to the rest of our stuff. So, uh, my WWE spotlight Jensen is bad bunny. Bad bunny is going to be back on raw next week to address Damian priest. He's going to be hosting backlash in Puerto Rico. He's probably going to be wrestling at backlash. That's not official, but it seems like they're setting, setting all that up. I really want to spotlight this because Bad Bunny just blessed this man of one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like a musical artist in the world based on like streaming and interest and all this stuff. I know a lot of Mary, oh, who's this guy? Like, look, the numbers don't lie when it comes to Bad Bunny. There's a ton of interest in well, this man. And uh, not just that, like he's like like the like the multilingual, bicultural, like he's yeah. like worldwide, like so like people from all different like backgrounds and languages can like understand his music and you know what I mean? Like it's He's like he's worldwide. It's not just like U.S. or like local, like worldwide right. megastar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a, a full-on megastar. Not just like some, uh, you know, offense to your guy Logan Paul, but not just like some <laughs> social media in, influencer type My person guy. who is popular on YouTube, anything like that. Like this man is a legit megastar across the world, and he's like, you know what? Put all that stuff on hold. I got to take this table bump from Damian Priest. Like, he is out there putting his body on the line, like potentially messing up a concert if he gets hurt or anything like that, just because he loves this business. I respect the hell out of Bad Bunny for, for this whole thing. He could easily, easily just do like 
You want me to host this event? Sure. I'll host it. I'll show up for one night, do the hosting thing, get a nice paycheck, move on. Like, nope, I'm going to show up to Mania. I'm going to be on the Raw after Mania. I'm going to take the table bump. I'm going to be on Raw next week. I'm, I'm just going to be here. And we saw when he did the, he was the 24-7 champion and stuff. This man just loves, he, he had the 24-7 title at the Grammys, I think. Like, the man just loves professional wrestling. And I, I find that just so endearing that he is this big superstar. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? If I got the opportunity to just be on Raw, like, this is what I want to do. Now in my free time, it's like, I will just, like, cancel some plans and, and do this stuff. You know, this man can do whatever he wants on a random Monday night. Instead, he wants to show up to Raw. He, he could be anywhere else in the world right now, but he's here with him. I appreciate that. H to the Izzo, B to the Eze. <laughs> I, I don't be to the make him say oh uh bless back uh, yeah Learn, take a take notes Dwayne show mm. posted Instagram videos of like can't wait for WrestleMania gonna be a great match between Roman Reigns and Cody love the NXT show that man didn't watch NXT on <laughs> Saturday are you kidding me posting this video after night one of WrestleMania night one had ended and this man's acting like it hadn't happened yet Dwayne can't even show up saying he loves wrestling. Can't wrestling gave him everything he wanted and needed seven bucks. Where would he be if there wasn't wrestling when he had seven bucks in his pocket and he can't show up to acknowledge his tribal chief. Meanwhile, bad bunny taking table bumps, write this down, Dwayne. Don't forget where you came from. They say the money should have changed him. It changed him. It changed Dwayne. Yeah. He forgot where he came from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, I agree with you about the bad bunny stuff big time. Just the fact that he doesn't have to do any of this, but he loves it so much that he like, he wants to not just be involved, but he wants to do like a really good job. It was evident when he had that, that WrestleMania match and he hit that Canadian destroyer on Morrison on the outside. It was like, damn, he, he really put some, working to i mean obviously morrison it's a lot on morrison to make that move look good i obviously get that but for bad bunny to even take like the initiative to be like because like you said he could have just WWE would probably be thrilled if he just sent a video package to them just any association that he with bad bunny the rub they can get from him they will gladly accept and pay a lot of money for i'm sure but this guy wants to not just be a part of it or just be a host like you said he wants to get in the ring and actually be involved um I saw a video of his, I don't know what the guy's name is. Um, I'm really bad with a lot of, it's funny. Cause I, I can, I can talk about like the basement dwelling internet culture stuff about like Twitch streaming wars, but I can't tell you who like these mainstream, like people are that everyone would know the, I, they, there's like that show where like a dude will like drive someone around in a car or a van and like the celebrities in the front seat. And they like, they, it's like James Corden. Yes. Yeah. That's it. He looks kind of like, kind of like Gordon Ramsay, kind of like a bigger Gordon Ramsay. Um, I, I think I saw him on that or like a clip of that. And bad bunny was, the guy was asking him like his like number one biggest accomplishment in his life, I think is what he was asking him or something along, along those lines. And bad bunny said wrestling for the WWE was his favorite thing he's ever done. And I think that the host thought he was kidding. And I don't know if there might be a laugh track or something on the show. I remember hearing like laughs or something or in Bad Bunny was dead serious. Like he wasn't smiling. He didn't just mood didn't change. He was like, just like, no, like WWE is the greatest thing of all time. Like it's like it's bigger than any of my concerts. It's bigger than any, like WWE is my favorite thing that I've ever done. 
And he was dead serious. And I was like, dude, good on you, man. Like for not like making a joke of it or whatever. He's like, no, seriously. Like, like it is, it's cool to have the, like the biggest star in the world that just is such a massive fan of this and is willing to speak so highly of it. Like, that's awesome. Um, speaking of my guy, my guy, Logan Paul, as you said, um, go ahead and everyone look, I've, I've already pre-ordered my Logan Paul ultimate edition oh. figure. I did that last year. Don't you worry. The resale value on those already for the pre-order. Go ahead and look y'all. That's going to be the, one of those valuable action figures ever. <laughs> like, Oh man. Anyways. Um, yeah, so Bad Bunny's got to get his own figure soon. He's already in the video game. His Mattel figure would be sick. Um, so yeah, Bad Bunny, congratulations on uh, on winning in life, dude. Mega star, killing it in music, gets to be involved in WWE, doing a really good job on WWE. We should probably have Issa like record a message for us or something to air on the show that explains like the massiveness of bad bunny for like her and her life. Cause every time I see anything Issa is doing on demon diva for y'all who might not know, every time I see her on social media or anything with her cute little dog, Roman, who I love so much, they're always listening to bad bunny. She's always talking about bad bunny. So I know he's like this giant cultural figure. So. Uh, down I want to make sure I get to the super chat. Speaking of that audio clip, what do you guys think of every WWE legend coming out defending that mania finish? It was like damage control gets gone. Uh, to me yeah dustin rhodes was like oh i like it steve austin was like oh i like it everyone's just saying i don't like the argument of well if cody wins where do they go from there you got 500 writers for this stuff you could do the same story for this stuff it's a it's a dumb it's a dumb thing of like where do you go if cody rent wins you go you go higher because you have a top white meat baby face at the top of the company that's where you go yeah there you haven't beat heels and title defenses yeah, like it, it's dumb to be like, where do you go if Cody wins? I think that's, I I think that's almost a disingenuous argument. It does feel, I don't know if it's damage control. I but I don't, as I don't think Dustin Rhodes is being told to. Like, Dustin Rhodes is gonna feel like give his opinion on this stuff. Like I don't know why he would just be like, yeah, I loved it. Cody lost. It's great for his adversity. It's great for his story. Did, type did of you thing. did you see what his sister Teal tweeted about that the yeah, other day? Yes. Yeah, she basically said, I wish you could pull the tweet up, but she said something like, because there was like this narrative that Cody wanted to lose yeah. the match because of the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, Cody hates losing. Like, he, yeah. uh, Cody beat her in like Uno or something, or she beat Cody in like Uno and, and didn't talk to her uh, for like three months, is what she said. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah exactly. Like, Cody's Cody not a. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose. Especially the, the biggest match of his life, main event of WrestleMania. Big return from the, from, from the rival promotion that he founded. There's a lot of egg on the face of Cody Rhodes that he does not want on his face. He even talked about this before the WrestleMania match itself in interviews. Chicken he was saying, right next to him. yeah, the rubber chicken. He was saying before the match even happened, he was like, I could wind up looking really stupid if this doesn't go my way based on where I left and what I accomplished and me coming back to do this. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more. I kind of purposely didn't choose a Cody Rhodes topic this week because – it's just more extension of the Brock Lesnar feud. There isn't a whole lot more to talk about from last week to this week. Um, but trust me, we will continue to talk about Cody Rhodes when we need to. But uh, but yeah, he didn't want to lose that match, or there there was no. That's a. I don't I don't like the the narrative of of the, what do you do with him if he wins the title. If you if you can't figure that out, you've completely lost your way as, as a company and in your creative process and your writing. If you can't write a story for the most over good guy you have in your company as the world champion, that's insane. 
very dumb. Uh, our product is what it is. We are going straight up the middle. New champions crowned at Impact Rebellion. Both titles were vacated uh, going into the event. And then you know, Josh Alexander had an injury. Mick James had an injury. So we had Steve Macklin winning the Impact World title, defeating Kushida. And we had Deanna Peraza winning the Knockouts Championship, defeating Jordan Grace. Jensen, your thoughts on the power couple now in Impact with Macklin and Peraza winning the gold? I like it a lot. Um I thought the show was really good, by the way. If you want a full review of Impact's pay-per-view, go check out the uh, the post-show right here on this website, right here on this YouTube channel. Myself, Press the Star, and Joel Pearl had a uh, had a uh, review right here on Fightful right after the show. So if you want like really deep-dive thoughts on all of this, that'd be the best place to go. Um, but I thought Rebellion was a really good show, and I... Uh, they were Ian Patrick was just put in a really, really obviously a uniquely strange, unfortunate scenario where both of their world champions got injured between the last pay-per-view and this pay-per-view. So they had, you know, they had to kind of call two giant audibles. Steve Macklin, I don't know if he was if he was going to be the guy to beat Alexander or not. I don't know. What I can guarantee is they were gonna have a great match because both guys have have not missed uh in impact wrestling. Both great talents. Um, but it's possible Macklin was going to win anyways. You know, it's, it's possible. They, they've done a really good job of building him as a credible contender. Um, on the knockout side, um, I think that they're make, they're making like lemon aid out of lemons kind of with this because the way that it's worked out, I, I have to imagine the plan wasn't to go back to Deanna right now with the title because because uh, mickey had just won you know the last rodeo recently and stuff and she was on her way with a good title run and depending over masha but the way that things worked out it was like well you know macklin kind of makes the most sense to be the world champion gianna's already obviously an incredible talent herself a former knockouts champion she's always going to be credible and like ready to to grab that title whenever they need her to and be a be a great champion for them so this kind of almost fell into their laps of like Macklin makes the most sense for the world title. Gianna makes sense for the for the knockout title. Now we have an opportunity to do this whole other story with them as a couple being the champion. So I think it's worked out really well. Um, I I like Gianna with the the knockout title again. I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan as well. I like both those women a lot. I talk about both of them a ton. Um, the rumor, from what I understand, is Jordan might not be with Impact much longer, or she's weighing her options right now. I yeah. will say, you know, it's worth mentioning she did resign last time that this happened. Everyone was sure she was going to leave, and she wound up staying. Um, so, and I think Moose did the same thing right around the same time, if I remember correctly. Um, so, just throwing those, just throwing that stuff out there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I thought both matches were really, really good. Great uh, co-main and main event for for Rebellion and. Probably the two best choices you can make right now, given the stories you can do with both of them as champions, uh, their in-ring work, both of them being credible. And, you know, so it, it, I think I think it makes sense. And it's probably the best case scenario, I think, for Impact, Impact right now, in my opinion. I think Macklin may have been on track to defeat Alexander for the title. Uh, it would have been big heat in Canada, especially. Sure. Um, so I think he may have been on that track anyway uh, before Alexander had to relinquish and then Macklin ended up defeating Kushida kind of a happy accident that you know, Mickey I don't know if Mickey and Diana was an original plan 
for rebellion because Mickey and Jordan was supposed to happen at sacrifice. I assume maybe Mickey was going to win that. And then I don't know who Mickey was going to face at rebellion. The fact that Deanna got this spot based on the the multiverse match, maybe it was going to be Mickey and Deanna. And maybe this was an original plan all along of Macklin and Deanna. were going to end rebellion with the titles uh, no matter what. And they just got there a different way due, due to injuries. Uh, sure. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's a good choice. I think Macklin's done great work, his entire impact run, like just showing a completely different side of himself. Such a great heel. Uh, so I love that, that he's the champion. Deanna, Deanna's one of the best. Oh, very happy for her. I don't know how we're going to see or if we're going to see them interact too much on, on television. You know, we, uh, Joel and I interviewed Deanna uh, on Monday and she said like, yeah, we're not allowed to like mention each other on TV. So that's an impact call. And right now, Deanna's kind of like a baby face as well. Macklin, obviously, heel. So I don't know how much we're going to see with that. Macklin, it looks like he's setting up to face all this. You'd think Mickey's going to, or Deanna's going to face Mickey when she comes back. So it seems like there would be some synergy there. But according to Deanna, like, it, it, I don't know if I'd get, get your hopes up about that just yet, if, if that's what you're, what you're uh, fantasy booking. But that's that's where things stand uh, with that. But good call on Deanna and, and uh, Macklin. It's uh, two good champions right there my my other spotlight jensen is uh david finley leading bullet club now he's already recruited clark connors into the new bullet club i really love the addition of clark connors i think he's been an underrated guy in new japan he talks about like he wanted uh he wanted to like win the tv title and do like try to do more with that of course they went with zach sabre jr who rules so i'm not like super mad at that or anything but you got finley leading like his version of bullet club that's in the new japan realm you got jay white still leading bullet club gold now that's in the AEW realm you know, they talk about bullet club stuff on uh wwe aj styles is out right now but they they still make references and felt too sweet and things like that bullet club just all over the world. But what are your thoughts specifically on David Finley being like the New Japan representative, following in the lines of Balor, Styles, Omega, um, uh, who, who my Jay White, and now David Finley? And kind of Cody, kind of was that guy oh, for a second with 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 the Omega thing. I just want to say that the well, it needs to be brought up because the Bullet Club is fine story. I think was some of the best storytelling like in wrestling in the last ten years. And it was in the story was who is the Bullet Club's leader? Is it Cody or is it Kenny still? Um, and uh, yeah, I love I love that story. But anyways, as far as like this current version of the Bullet Club, I I'll, I'll be transparent. I don't watch a ton of like weekly or even monthly New Japan. I pop in and out um, depending on kind of what's going on. I watch the the big shows and. I feel like I I probably echo a lot of the sentiments of most of the fan base. David Finley seems pretty underwhelming in comparison to the other people we just mentioned. Um, yeah. You know, I got nothing against Clark Connors, great in-ring wrestler. Like the U.S. version of Bullet Club uh, is basically Clark Connors, um, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay. And I like all three of those guys. I'm a huge Chris Bay and Ace Austin fan. By the way, I like seeing I, I, their their match on Rebellion, Max Division, uh, Ultimate X. I like the, the finish of that. It was really smart how they... You know, th- those guys are great. I always talk about those guys. But as far as like the like the J- Japanese or the Japan version of, of the current Bullet Club, it's uh, I got the list here. I think it's just it's Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Dave Finley, Dick Togo, Evil, Gato, Kenta, Sho, Ishimori and Takahashi, Yujiro Takahashi. Um, that's 
that's not that intent. I mean, like Kenta's a badass. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's pretty much it for me. Like I I I uh I like some of the other talent in the group, but I, that's not when I think Bullet Club. I'm thinking like the Young Bucks, AJ Styles, the Good Brothers, Tomatonga, like you know, kicking th- kicking El Fantasmo out was uh was certainly a choice, right? Because uh, he was he was pretty over in, in the the Bullet Club club realm, especially his uh team with Ishimori and everything. Yeah, exactly. Like I I don't. It just seems underwhelming. I'll say this: like I I don't want to write off David Finley because I don't think he's like a bad performer or anything like that. I just he has big shoes to fit in, and it's even stranger when <laughs> the guy that they booted out of the group is now basically bringing the the gold version to AEW, and like that's going to be way bigger than whatever they're doing in New Japan because way that's, more people are watching AEW. So yeah, like, that kind of seems that's like that's the real boy. <laughs> like you know, yeah, that's where it's an uphill battle for Finley is like. It seemed pretty obvious. Jay White, he they did all of that because he was probably gonna head to WWE and then didn't head to WWE. It's like okay, well now he's in AEW, but he's lost these loser leaves New Japan matches. So, but we still kind of want him at Bullet Club adjacent because that's how that's where it's an uphill battle for Finley. Is Jay White is still around in a Bullet Club world of AEW and in that multiverse, um, and Jay White is still doing that kind of stuff with, with juice robinson so finley's got to get get over that and the group that they have right now not not the best in the world uh it's a battle for finley i'm willing to give it some time i do like the addition of clark connors i i just think it's a good spot for him of, of doing something and elevate him a little bit from the team that he was having with like uh, dkc so i think it's a good spot for him i wouldn't be shocked if you know they they try to get somebody else in that spot of Finley, but they should give him a little bit of time, see what happens, but battling against Jay White in that, uh, you know, in that same realm, going to be tough. Very reminiscent of NWO and NWA Japan. Like, remember, it got to a certain point eventually, or even NWA B team. They actually yeah. called themselves as NWO Elite and then NWO B team. And it was like, okay, so we have Bullet Club Gold, Bullet Club Finley. You know, it's kind of like that yeah. kind of feels the same way, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, hey, shout out, by the way, to Brogan Finley, who's David's brother, who's still only like 19 or 20 years old or something. He's going to be like one of the biggest stars in wrestling. So if David can like get his brother involved somehow in this at some point, that'd be good for great for Brogan because Brogan's going to be massive. Anyways. Caden says GCW tomorrow. Going to be fun. Yeah, I'll see Caden there at GCW. We've been talking in the DMs. So oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you, Caden. Mm. Can you can you throw gum at him? Be a good spot. No. Why not? Be chilling. No. Chilling. Give a big motherfucking shout out. Indie spotlight. Steven Jensen. Uh, my indie spotlight is violence is forever defending the DPW Deadlock Pro Wrestling Tag Team Titles in a Jersey Street fight against Marcus Mathers and Matt Tremont. This was on uh, DPW Live two over the weekend. If you have not checked out DPW, I encourage everybody to do so. They're doing some really great stuff. Violence is forever had a match uh, against the Workhorsemen not too long ago in DPW, and then after the match, they cut a big promo of like you know, they they bleed uh, orange for for DPW and. Violence is Forever, one of the best independent, maybe the best independent tag teams out there. Uh, their match against Tremont and, and Mathers, especially being a street fight, which is very much a, a, a world of Matt Tremont, 
they, they get to show off a little bit of a different side of themselves because they are also just a very good, like, cut-and-dry tag team who can just work a normal tag team match. But well, the match was really good. I love DPW. I encourage everybody to, to check it out. Yeah, for sure. And everyone who knows me knows I'm a longtime supporter of Violences Forever, Kevin Koo and Dominic Greeny, two guys that mean a lot to me as a wrestling fan. <clears throat> Kevin Koo, I, I interviewed Koo probably five, six years ago in my old apartment in Nashville, like when they were starting up Subgraph, Southern Underground Pro, um, years ago and stuff like that. And like to see Koo's evolution and him forming this team with Greeny, because Greeny was another guy like I knew of and knew from that company and um, Greeny was actually the world champion or the bone storm champion for stuff. And then like when, once they aligned, it became violent. Originally I've actually still got their old t-shirt. They were called sad comp first. And then they eventually became balances forever. Um, we've got, a, I've got an old sad comp t-shirt in my room somewhere, but those, uh, those guys are super talented, both, both super talented singles wrestlers as well. Both very accomplished singles. Uh, Q as a matter of fact, had a singles match uh, this past weekend with Brian Keith, which was really great. And both those guys rule um but uh but yeah i mean they're, they've been singles champions all over the place they've held so much tag team gold i've been saying it for a while like i really feel like it's inevitable that they wind up in ring of honor or something to where they they're they're going it's a matter they're, they're at a point where they've accomplished like everything they're going to accomplish i feel like in on the indie scene and they can keep accomplishing more if they want to but they're at a point now where it's like you know because they were with mlw for a little while like they've been signed, they've had I they've had a lot of eyes on them. I know that they're on FTR's radar. That's a dream match that I've wanted to see for a long time. Um, so I think we're at a point very soon where Violence is Forever is gonna finally like really break out in the mainstream. Um, and I'm definitely I'm definitely here for it because both I know both guys have absolutely worked their asses off, not just in the ring and in front of like the fans, but behind the scenes, both Greeny and Koo have done a ton for the the wrestlers also and 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 as promoters and as trainers and stuff like that. So um, I want nothing but success for, for Koo and Garini. I think they should be an ROH sooner, at least ROH sooner rather than yep. later. Uh, Agreed. I that for them. Uh, Jensen, your indie spotlight is James Russo trying to get Craig Mitchell kicked out of uh, freelance wrestling. It's a big angle uh, with Shane Mercer uh, on the, the last show. Shane Mercer just beating um, I, the, the name – so sort of incredible Iverson. Yes, yeah, sort of incredible Iverson. I know it was Iverson something. I was about to say White Iverson, which is a uh, Post Malone song. <laughs> Iverson, um, when I started balling, I was young. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, you'd be sort of incredible, incredible Iverson. And then uh, Craig Mitchell came out and they had a big pull apart brawl. Uh, tell, tell us about this angle a little bit because I watched, I watched <laughs> it. I saw it. I like the like pull apart brawl done everywhere, but it's not done. I don't feel like so much on the independent scene, but you have more background on, on this. Yeah. Angle so basically I know I got to flock in for the shoot job here in a second. So I got, I'll be, I'll be quick with my explanation here. I'm a, well, as far as the story goes, <clears throat> basically what's happened here is, um is James Russo has essentially hired Shane Mercer to take Craig Mitchell out of freelance. Craig Mitchell is, one of the faces of freelance wrestling. He's probably the first person I think of when I think of that company. Um, he's been involved with that, that promotion for, for years and years now. And he's, he's suffered some big injuries and come back. And um, he's a guy that I, similar to Kuhn Garini, another guy I got to see live a lot years ago. And me and him have a funny history because when I met him, 
<clears throat> he actually the footage is on IWTV if you want to find it. I'm not gonna like tell you exactly where to find it. You can search for it. But there's footage of him knocking a beer out of my hand. I was like way too drunk at a show once, and he he knocked a beer out of my hand. And he felt so bad about it afterwards that he bought me another beer and gave me a free T-shirt because, like, he knew like <laughs> he had just I, I just he had just ruined my whole my whole beer. So, um, the Craig Craig's a good dude, and I've I've had the chance to interview him since and stuff. He he. So the the <clears throat> the the reason I wanted to spot like this is because the big time feud, in my opinion, for freelance, they put on a really good show. They're a really good company. They have a lot of great talent. They put on really good matches. Um, they're, con- they're consistently on IWTV. Like they got, they got a really good product. But um, I think this is something that people should have eyes on because if you don't know about Shane Mercer, just watch pretty much any GCW show and watch. He's just a, he's a physical freak, um, and he goes viral often by <laughs> whether things go good or bad. He'll toss them across the arena, you know, uh, and uh he does crazy his finishing move the moonsault and battery itself is incredible every time of a, a backflip off the second rope while doing a uh a fallway slam and stuff i mean just just a, an, an absolute freak and craig mitchell is just a badass performer who once if it wouldn't for like the stops and starts with his injuries and well, the other thing that people don't know about craig mitchell i'll pull the curtain back a little bit more a lot of this so craig mitchell is a good friends with ali uh Mahal, uh Mustafa ali and he um a lot a lot of stuff that got Ali really over years ago, like those vignettes where he would be like in the streets, like being kind of like a vigilante, um, like helping people out, being like the good guy out there in like Chicago streets and stuff like that. Craig Mitchell filmed a lot of those videos, and then eventually like WWE was produ- producing them. But a lot of that was Craig Mitchell like behind the camera. Like he has a really great eye and vision, and he's told me before that he's even. Sometimes he doesn't even want the spot he gets in pro wrestling because he feels like it's taking away from someone who wants it even more because he loves so much like the behind the scenes stuff and the and the 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 filming and the pictures and the so he's just a guy who's just like really creative and he's helped a lot of people on the way. So um a match between Shane Mercer and Craig Mitchell is gonna be badass. I like that they're putting a feud behind it. And um I'm a big fan of both guys, and that's the reason I wanted to spotlight it. I think it's going to be a really good match once it happens. They, they wrestled each other before, but there's going to be a lot more stakes, uh, you know, in this next one. A lot more heat behind it with an actual yeah. feud. I love when independent promotions actually run <laughs> angles and stuff too. I think nowadays, a lot of times when it comes to any promotion, it's just like dream match, dream match, cool match, banger match type type of thing, and you know, put some actual angles behind this stuff. So give give me a reason to want to tune in to this and i i know like promotions do it it just doesn't get the the highlights of hey commander did this cool cool thing here's this cool spot that we can give gift spot things like that like the angle does not get that kind of love that all the gifts and just cool high spots get so i'm glad you chose this because yes it should be a very good match and there's actual story behind it which i do think is being lost on the independent scene exactly exactly so i gotta go clock in for the shoot job hope y'all enjoy the rest of your holiday or just a regular thursday whatever you want to call this um happy thursday um this weekend once again i will be live at gcw tomorrow night at center stage in atlanta georgia i'll be live at battle slam uh here in atlanta on sunday night i plan on doing the fightful select weekender podcast on monday so it'll probably come out monday afternoon i'm actually taking that day off work to go i'm going to record the weekender Go see the Mario movie and hit Dave and Buster's. Got a got a whole got a whole. But four four twenty four is going to be a good day for me. So, um, uh, please check that out. That's fightfulselect.com. 
and um, enjoy this interview with Dad. Uh, I'm sure Jeremy will prop it up a little bit more here before it airs. But um, y'all enjoy your weekends. Thanks for hanging out in the chat. Good seeing you, Jeremy. And happy, uh, happy, happy day. Ha- have a good day today. Hi, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day more than you've already enjoyed your morning. Uh, Jensen's going to be on about a 17 in about uh, 12 hours, less than 12 hours from now. Uh, All right, let's get to it. We got a big interview with Dad. He's been on the show plenty of times before. Uh, This is his third appearance now on the show. He was on previously almost like a year ago. He was on Father's Day, our Father's Day episode last year, and then he was on uh, earlier this year, we, uh, talking Creator Clash with John Morrison was also part of the show. And then Creator Clash is over. It was this past weekend. Uh, Dad scored another knockout victory over AB Skrilla. Uh, knocked him out. John Morrison also victorious uh, over Harley of Epic Mealtime. So big, 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 uh, big victories for people who have appeared on the spotlight. I feel like that should say something. Appear on the spotlight, get some dubs out there. So, uh, but the big news kind of coming out with uh, Dad on the Creative Clash was he got on the mic and he was like, WWE, you've taken everything I've worked for. I'm going to fight your motherfucking ass. Uh, that's an ATS promo. Uh, no, he did call out WWE. He called out the entire company. said, Vince McMahon, Triple H, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I've had two contracts with the company. He told Seth Rollins, you're fighting all these scrubs like Logan Paul who don't win boxing matches. I'm out here knocking fools out. Logan Paul ain't won a damn thing. And made big headlines off of that. He also cornered John Morrison. Uh, also part of that cornering team was Karrion Cross, Scarlet, LA Knight. Jim Duggan was there as well. So a lot of wrestling influence on Creator Clash. We dive into all of that with, with Dad. Talk about those call-outs. Talk about Creator Clash. Talk about a bunch of different things. Uh, very fun interview. Uh, so here we go. For the back, for the third time, it is Dad, a.k.a. Nathan Barnett. Welcome to the creator portion of the spotlight here on the spotlight. I, of course, am Stephen Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is a returning guest. He's someone you know. He is Dad Bot, a.k.a. Dad, a.k.a. Nathan Barnett. He is also an undefeated boxer who you may have seen win once again at Creator Clash 2 over Starkilla, a.k.a. AB. Dad, thanks for joining the show again. How you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. Honor, as usual. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm feeling great. Second victory, round another round one TKO. Dad can't be stopped. <laughs> yes. Now, before we even get into the fight, I want to jump right into this because you know this is Fightful.com. We are a professional wrestling website. You made mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of noise, not only in the ring that night with, with your fists against AB, but right afterwards, you make the massive call out. You call out the WWE. We know your boys with John Morrison, aka Johnny Spotlight. Mm-hmm. He was right here on the show before. Um, we know your your relationship and kind of your past. Can you, can you refresh some of the fans who may not know kind of your history with the WWE? Because you called out the whole company, and then you more specifically called out one Seth freaking Rollins. Yes, and it's it's interesting because a lot of people were like, "Oh, he called out like the roster." I wasn't calling out the entire roster of WWE. I was calling out the company itself entirely, the building and all, all their buildings, uh, because I. I feel, and I don't ever want to be presumptuous and demanding, and I'm not cocky. I'm sometimes maybe too, like, oh, well, you know, unassuming and trying to, like, you know, not be that annoying guy. But, like, dang, man, I feel I do deserve a trial over there. It's been two times. I have contracts that have been sent to me. I had a plane set up to fly me out. 
things get canceled, employees get you know fired, positions get moved. It's the, it's the bane of my existence. It's why it keeps happening to me. And I, I feel I'm I'm made to do this. I'm good at this. Characters are my thing. Acting is my thing. I'm on television all the time. I've sold television shows to all the comedy networks. And I'm like, this is what I do. I've been doing this forever. And I'm a stuntman, a gym, self-taught gymnast, a boxer. I'm knocking people in the ring. Like, I'm, what I'm doing, what I've done my whole life is wrestling all together. And like, I've done wrestling. Rikishi trained me. I've been in there. So I don't, I often feel like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be bothering people. And I don't want to be demanding things. But I was backstage at Creator Clash 2 with Scarlett, Karrion Cross, Ellie Knight. And they're all telling me, do what you're doing. Say what you said in the ring. They sent Seth Rollins what, what I said to him. So he's seen it himself. I know, you know, he can do what only what he's told to do. But they're like, what you're doing is right. Don't give up. Be that guy. Keep pushing. And it kind of gave me a good motivation. But yes, sorry, this is a little bit of a long way. No, no. To catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, to catch up with people who don't know who I, who I am, I do characters, I do stunts, I do physical comedy. I'm kind of like a Jim Carrey of the internet. Uh, I've had some TV stuff here and there. And I love wrestling, always love wrestling. And my characters have gotten into wrestling. I had a big feud with Dolph Ziggler that was a mostly digital thing on YouTube. Vince McMahon himself uh, has tweeted my videos. I tried out for Tough Enough in character. And I think people thought it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. I genuinely wanted to try out, and I was trying to. It was the most viewed thing they've had in any of their Tough Enough seasons auditions like i i was kill i kill it off often on the internet as keith just on america's got talent as keith fooled simon call thought i was a real person vince said himself he goes i love this guy we gotta get him on raw that's the exact quote from a wwe employee who told me he sat there and watched my video with vince mcmahon triple h knows who i am i don't know how triple h feels about me i know how things are working now over there now you know you just i want everyone to like me and hopefully see how i could work in my opinion, I feel everything I've done, I'm made to be in the WWE. I'm a huge fan of WWE. I'm emotionally connected to WWE. I love pro wrestling in general. I would work for anybody. But I have this thing where I just really want to work for them because I like them the most. I love them. Uh, this woman who was in my life, that was a love of my life. She passed away recently. She and I bonded heavily over WWE. And my best moments of my life were at WrestleMania in Florida with her, NXT shows at seeing them uh, raw and smackdown live like I, I i need to do this i belong there i want to do it i would be good at it and i just want the tryout that's all i want is a trial so just please i'm begging for it so yes at the credit cost i called out seth rollins i figured i got twenty thousand people in this arena in front of me i'm taking this moment to segue into whatever i feel belong and then 20 minutes later i'm walking out with la knight if we're to support John against Harley, I was like, this is it, dude. I'm on my way. So and now I'm here talking to you guys, the legends of all, of all this, the ones that tell everyone what's going on. And I'm actually, it's really weird for me to even be here talking about this because I feel like maybe I'm manifesting it. And, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I will do whatever it takes. I will kill myself. I'll kill my mind. I will do, don't do that. I'll kill my, meaning I'll kill myself in the gym okay. and grind <laughs> and work in my, you know, I'll do what I, has, I have to do to get there and I won't stop ever yeah and uh, no we, we appreciate you we appreciate it man and you putting us over like that we, we really appreciate getting our ego stroked a little bit you know being being, <laughs> like, being the go-to guys here in the pro wrestling I mean, world that's where i find out everything that's going on so and i people and I, I, I i'm probably overthinking things but like, i know people would be like oh who are you you're nobody like i haven't done the indies obviously like 
I, if I was just to pursue wrestling, I should do the indies. But I feel the past 20 years, I've been doing another thing. I've been honing my craft as an actor and a physical comedian, a stuntman, a gymnast, and I'm an entertainer. If Logan Paul's in there, I feel I at least deserve it more than him. I'll say that. <laughs> so I'm the guy that really actually wants to be there. And Rikishi has trained me. I've done training. I did, I've done some GCW stuff with John. So it's like, I do feel like I, I would like to go and be trained by WWE instead of work in the indies, I'll take what I've learned in my career, in my path, and apply it to what I would then be taught, you know, at the, the performance center. So, sure. yeah. When, you know, kind we had to rant. Well, for sure. We had to talk to you today. Well, I'm glad we were able to talk to you today because when I messaged you initially, I think it was, before, it was like right after your fight, I just sent you a DM and I was like, dude, congratulations. Like, that was awesome. And then like, I, I don't think you'd even made the call out yet. And then like you call out Seth Rollins and I'm watching this. I'm like, oh man, he's like, this is a big, this is a pro wrestling move he's making here. So then when you got back to me, I think it was the next day you were like, oh yeah, you just said like, I appreciate it or whatever. And I was like, yeah. it clicked in my head. And I was like, dude, if you're free, we can talk about, about this call out right now. Like let's, let's talk about what people, yeah. while, while, while people are buzzing. So For sure. this is great. I hope that the people over there see this. Um, I hope that the word spreads even more because I want to see dad involved in the WWE and I want to see a response from Seth Rollins. I really do. So I would love to see a response. I know like, like Ziggler and Austin Creed and, and Bray Wyatt is a big fan of mine. He and I, it's not public. We no one has seen our interactions, but Bray and I, he's a fan of the dad character. I'm obviously a fan of his. So we've talked, he, sh I found that out when he shared a gif of me one time last year as dad, dad's doing this thing. He's going, giving thumbs up, but it's actually, it's in an episode of the dad series dad's saying i'm gonna be the best youtuber in the universe is but it's actually me giving it's sign language for help so it's a little secret thing and bray like he's bray what i bray and i do are very similar like with the cryptic dad stuff and the secrets so we become fans of each other and friends and so like all these people like i'm like already there but i'm just not employed you know so i'm like come on dude like this has to happen so seth rollins if he appreciates the joke i would you know it'd be i'd be honored but i know he can't really do anything himself but if they are allowing him to do something, it would change my life. I mean, I'm I'm ready to go the long route and go behind the scenes and work for them and train for them, do whatever they want me to do and clean the freaking toilets. Like legitimately, I will do whatever it takes because it would be an honor to do that. So if it works out, it'd be amazing. But I called him out because my thinking was, oh, he WWE, it's a little bit of like a jab as a fan <laughs> because they hire Logan Paul, a guy who's a huge YouTuber. He's got big numbers. That's why he's there. He's well, he, his, the, the world feels a certain way about him. That's why he's there. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that has never really fully made it like that. It's just, I'm the guy people go, oh yeah, him. I've seen him around. So I don't really have a draw for them. So I'm thinking, I'm going to call, I'm going to just address this, the reality that I'm living in. They, they, you're going to get Seth, you got Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul, the guy who can't win a YouTube boxing match. He hasn't won. He had a draw and he's lost all the other times. He gets to wrestle. He does, he's at Seth Rollins is calling out every spot for him. You can hear it. Like, dude, how about get the guy that will work his butt off, actually can wrestle, has been trained with WWE Hall of Famers, and will work. I, I know no this to Logan. He does a good job, but like, I just feel it's unjust in the universe. Like, if he can do it, I should be able to do it. And I will as soon as I get there that first night. I know I can make people remember me. I've been doing it out in all these other worlds outside of WWE. So please, W, let me do it for you. I'll make you richer. <laughs> and now, as long as I got enough money to buy a sandwich and pay my rent, I am pumped. So that's all I need. <laughs>
Uh, tell me about the these two contracts. So you said that you've had two contracts with them. When when was the timeline on that, and what fully happened there? Uh, technically one contract. There was a well, I guess in, in reality there were actually two contracts. It was a thing I signed way back when I was doing stuff with Dolph uh, to do digital content with them, uh, and I thought that was like the stepping stone to doing more. And then there was an actual contract for a tryout that um, a employee who was let go a couple of years ago sent it to me during like the COVID kind of like, you know, release of a lot of people. They sent me the contract. They sent me the flight info, the hotel info where there I was going to stay. I had the, it was all set. I was like, oh my God, I'm going, I'm going. And um, I that contract in the picture, the picture of me, I tweeted, that's it. I still have it sitting there. And then they canceled on me like a day or two before. And they're like, oh, actually, we're moving the tryout. It's going to be this other day. It's not happening. And then that guy be- ended up not working there shortly later. I was like, oh, God, my contact is gone. So it's like I know other people, but I don't want to keep asking my friends that are wrestlers there. Like, hey, can you help me out? I don't want to be that annoying guy. I'm trying to take the, tr- the right route um, and just get on someone's radar. Like, that's what happens. Like, these, uh, you're telling me Dylan Dennis, a guy who hasn't even boxed, he just he's famous for backing out of a chaos I fight. He's now getting worked with with them. How about the dude who's getting four million views on e- ten five million views today on ESPN for actually winning and doing the best boxing entrance in the universe? I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like, come on, Dylan Dennis is getting jobs here. Like, what is going on? So, yeah, I do. I do have a contract that they sent me, and uh, uh, I haven't got the tryout. Is the thing. I'm just still waiting for the tryout. So. And if they even remember me, I don't even know who's working there that knows me now. I do know some people, but I'm trying to hit up the right people, not badger the ones who don't aren't involved in this process, you know? So anyway. Can, can you just like, can you still hear contract? me? Oh, yeah. we're good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the, the tow truck guy is now jumping my very. <laughs> oh, this is, this is Thank great. You. I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on a call, but I'm right here for you. Anything. It's talking to my friends. Fightful.com. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Did I turn the key off? Turn everything off? It's on the AC mode right now. We're... Okay. Yeah. Right. No, everything's still coming through great. Yeah, we had no idea. We, I'm, we, going we going into the... I'm, I'm driving back to LA tomorrow. I just go back from Career Clash. I'm in Portland where my, my coach lives. I trained with him for three months. I moved here just to train every day, twice a day for three months. So things things are going a little haywire as it right before I drive home to Los Angeles. Yeah, well, so. yeah, this is this is this is great. I know you said going into the the interview here that you might have the guy. I didn't know he was already there, so that's, that's, that's he fun. just showed up and he just started getting to work, and I was like, I figured I should address, say hello. To him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what's up with this with this jerk? He's just staring at his yeah. phone, watching me. Like, that? oh, that's yeah. funny. Can can you just show up to the performance center with the contract? But like, look, I got this contract. Like, <laughs> someone someone validate this thing. Let me get to work here. Well, you know, I was thinking like maybe I should try to get some viral moment going on. Like I get into one of my characters, Keith or Dad, whoever. Uh, Keith, I feel is the most appealing for them. He's basically the Ellsworth that is, in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, the better Ellsworth. I liked Ellsworth, but like that's who Vince saw. That's who a lot of people like and think is a, is a good character for the world. He'd be a good valet, a good manager, a good bumbling oaf, but who can also do a backflip and take a bump and you know. Do I can do some major moves as a you know former gymnast? So I feel I could do something like that where I show up um, to. You want me to turn it off or on? Okay. Um, this is turn awesome. my car on for the dude. No, no, no. This is perfect. No, we appreciate oh, no, this. Yeah. Nothing's happening. 
riveting interview. <laughs> no, no, this is this is great. This is this is the realness. Oh, there it goes. For. There it goes. All right, guys, my car's we're about to get it going. This is great. Oh, it's on. Let me uh, keep it running for a minute. Wow. Okay. Okay. That, so I just keep it running with that your thing attached, or just let it run for its own. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Perfect. Cool. Thank you. No, that's it. Thanks. Right. Let's hear for Eric the tow truck guys. Hey, <laughs> hey, good Eric. Job, man. Good job, man. Big pop for Eric. Me too. Eric, Eric. Dude, Eric is over right now. Yes. <laughs> Eric, Eric, creator class three. Yes. So now I can talk to you guys all day now. My phone is no longer going to be at 8%. Okay, this is great. This is great. And now I can turn the brightness up and see you. So <laughs> Awesome. I don't have to salvage every bit. <laughs> Jerry, you have more follow-ups, uh, pro, pro wrestling follow-ups, because I have like a ton of stuff I can ask about the actual event. Uh, say that one oh, more I was, time. Well, I was just I asking Jeremy you. if you if you want to ask some more pro wrestling questions before we get into the actual Creator Clash event, because I got a ton of questions about that as well. Okay, yeah, sure. I was gonna add, or I was gonna let you continue of you know possibly showing up to the performance center and just you you see you said oh, you might just yeah. go there try to create a viral moment out of that. That's what I'm wondering. Like, should I should I do some stuff like that that gets them some attention and publicity? Like that maybe comes the storyline organically. Like this guy's been trying to get in here to WWE. He's 42. He's probably too old according to the you know the people who do the hiring. They want 22 year olds, but like I want it more than any of them. It, I, I I wonder if I should do something like that. I show up. I do. I did post a picture on Twitter today where I did recently go to the performance center and I'm standing there going, I'm here. So maybe I do some sort of video where I just sleep there and let the police escort me away and just keep coming back and like do some viral thing. Like an Andy Kaufman type bit where it's like, I don't harm anyone, cause too much trouble, but like show them like, I'm here, I'm I'm, I'm doing this. So I don't know, there, that is an option, but I just don't want to rub people the wrong way and bother my way in there. I want to do it where it's entertaining and fun for people and it works. That's why I just wish I could talk to somebody, but like, there's no traditional way of going about it, I guess. So kind of just, I just got to go with what I got, I guess, and do what I think is right. So I don't know. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, signing a, a digital content tryout. Like what was that supposed to entail? You said it was with Ziggler. What was that supposed to entail? Were you going to work that on was, like, the YouTube we, side of things? Yeah, we had this like little, it was like a three to five video deal where it's like, you will be paid this money to, uh, have a feud with Dolph because I started this feud on my own organically. I made a video as my Keith Abercary character calling out Dolph, saying he had a bad attitude, he was a jackass. Um, I just did it for fun as a, a video for myself, and then he liked it and thought it was funny. So he got he had a show at the time called the WWE Download that was a YouTube show, and WWE was like, "Oh, this is funny. Yeah, let's work in a little storyline with you." So every episode he would do, he'd review like fail videos make commentary on them and we he had a little storyline going during them where he was he goes oh and just keith abacary the fan out there who thinks he's like number one he started trash talking me and i was like oh it's on so we had a back and forth video series where keith would then talk trash with him i made this victory dance video where i was like this is the dance i'm gonna do when i destroy you and then i got like millions of views it was me dancing around in my wrestling gear which is tidy whiteys and uh he he basically 
uh, went back and forth for a while, and WWE was like super into it. So after that organic little feud we created, they were like, "All right, let's pay you a little bit to also promote these new action figures we have, and uh, you guys can have a little feud." But the thing is, it never completed. We never did this final little ending bit where we were supposed to get in a ring, and we can't make physical contact because since I wasn't hired as a wrestler, he can't touch me so i had this whole plan of like how we could do a match where basically keith just defeats himself on accident and we don't you know we can have a conclusion never had that conclusion so maybe it's for the better because now if i get hired we can have finally get in the ring 13 i don't know was it 10 or 11 years later so that was a contract for just basically making content was the contract it's not that was it it wasn't to like be a performer for them so gotcha. i guess it's a stretch when i say two contracts there's really been one contract they sent me to uh, and it wasn't to be hired it was basically a contract to be like we're gonna have you come here to uh try out you know so it's i guess it's a bit of clickbait when i say i got the contract but it's not a good ring because i'd literally have wwe paperwork that i signed so it's like i'm not lying i was i had had the open invite and it just hasn't happened yet Speaking of the digital content stuff, like it actually broke today through Fightful Select right here that uh, WWE and Twitch have like a deal with the talent again to where they can like the wrestlers yeah. can go back on Twitch now and stuff. So like kind of perfect timing mm -hmm. that we're even talking about this right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard about that. Uh, that's great. I think that's awesome. I always thought that was kind of weird. I mean, I sort of understand. I, I do see why they did that, but it's uh, it, you can make the comparison and say like the, that people doing that is like telling you know, John, Tom Cruise, oh, you can't go and uh, stream because HBO won't let you. It's like when you get when he leaves the studio, he can go stream if he wants. They're not going to say, no, you, we own you. You're undercut. You can't do another movie with another studio, but it's, a stream is not a movie. You know what I mean? Like right. in the time you're working on this, you're under our contract. But the I guess the thing is, WWE, you're always under their contract forever because the movie never ends. It's weekly. But I feel it should be when you're in the arena on set, like an actor in a studio or, you know, on a set somewhere, you're under contract for that moment. You can go home and do whatever you want after your clock out. But I guess that's what it's turning into now. So it's all working out. Uh, yeah. All right. Mo moving to creator clash still sort of a wrestling question because we're going to start right up right off the top with creator clash that entrance that that had to be uh, an homage to to the ultimate warrior and then the 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 tumble into the ring walk us through or run us through that whole entrance there <laughs> so it, it wasn't rehearsed didn't i didn't rehearse it because i didn't want to tell them what i was going to do to dive in to the ring. Uh, they knew I was going to run, um, run to the ring. And I, I, yes, it was definitely Ultimate Warrior, one of the my favorites. I've always thought, how awesome would it be for a boxer to charge in there, be like, come on, let's go. Just high energy. If you saw my entrance last year, Crib Hash 1, it was just big energy, big dancing. And people were like, oh my God, he's going so hard. He's exerting so much energy. But um I have a lots of cardio and I knew it wouldn't be a problem, especially with my opponent coming out after I get a moment to breathe and chill out and be ready to go again. So I've danced for 12 hours nonstop in December on YouTube. I just did that. just kept dancing for 12 hours and didn't stop moving. And I danced pretty hard too. It's not just like, 
moving my hands. I like to go all out and prove to people like I will go to psychotic levels and do crazy things for entertainment. So running to the boxing ring, I can it wasn't a big deal. So when I when I, when I ran and I dove over the ropes, I didn't know how I was going to get in until I hit the stairs. I was like, well, guess I'm running. <laughs> guess I'm diving because I'm moving too fast. And I had to just dive. As I dove, I was like, I should, I was, I thought I, a lot happened in my head when I dove. I was like, okay, I can just do like a, I could just go into a somersault and tuck and roll. But I thought I might injure myself. I don't want to screw this up. So I grabbed the ropes to make it a little safer. And then that twisted up my glove into the ropes, which got it stuck. And I had to like yank it out. But I also, I just wasn't, I wasn't bummed about it. I didn't care. It was a blunder, but it didn't matter. Every boxer backstage, because they know I do physical comedy, I'm always like falling downstairs in my videos and doing like physical bits. They're like, oh, was that on purpose? And I was like, no, it was on purpose. I was supposed to look cool. I wasn't doing, a, I wasn't trying to be funny in this entrance, but it was kind of my, it, it worked in my, you know, it's, it's my type of thing. So it, I was totally fine with it. It also just added chaos. You know, it was like, oh my God, this is wild. This dude's just throwing himself and now he's going to box and the boxing was just as intense. So yeah, it, it worked out. But uh, my friend, Big Bob, the six, my other friend is six foot seven. He's taller than Harley. He walks out with me every year. He tore his Achilles recently. Oh, and actually he like snapped it, I think. Um, he's like, I'm not running. I can't run. This the idea was going to be like the whole group runs. Uh, but then John had a match later. I didn't want to make John run and burn him out or anything. And my coach, he's super cool and a super like legit boxing dude. He's like real cool. He's the only one that like bolted right behind me, jumped in the ring. And he was like, oh, crazy. Cause I, so I was like, all right, someone got, then John got in there and he started jumping around. And uh, Big Bob had to like hang outside to not hurt his leg. But uh, anyway, yeah, I had the, had the gang there again and uh, caused some chaos before the match. And it worked out a little wild, but it worked out. <laughs> You know, but before you even ran out there, and this was this is something that I think is interesting about like the creator clash and kind of like the pacing of the shows and the presentation of the show, because I think it's really well done how like they produce it where there's not downtime. Like you go from fight to fight, there might be a little video package in between. You get an interview from everyone like before you run out there. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask about is kind of what that's like because they have like s fan and Amaranth back there, like right before you're gonna do this fight, this very, this very like you know, legitimate boxing fight. Like this is a, a serious thing, but I think it's really interesting and kind of a testament to y'all as just like performers, like YouTuber performers, how mm -hmm. so many of y'all stay like in that character, or even if you don't have a character like dad, um, even like um, mm -hmm. I'm blanking on her name, the girl who winked at the camera in between rounds on the bench and on the stool and stuff. Like there's yeah. like, like it, it, everyone's always playing to the crowd because they know like their YouTube audience is there and that's who supports them. So can you speak to that mm -hmm. at all? Because that, that's something different about most events where like the whole thing is this show for your fans and you never really, I feel like you always have that in mind when you're out there in front of that crowd. Like even when you're not fighting, you're like, I still got to be, if you, for instance, you're doing the interview right before you're out there and you're talking about your quantum fists. Like you're still, yeah. you're still being dad, you know? So if you can just yeah. kind of elaborate on that. Yeah. Well, for me specifically, I'm the hardest character. I'm the only one that does acts and does character work. Mm. Everyone else is pretty much themselves. They do like live streams or cooking shows or open Pokemon cards. They're usually themselves, but they have a screen name, which sort of sounds like a character. But I am like, I'm a robot man who comes from the 22nd dimension. He has quantum fist because he has quantum energy. There's all this whole lore behind dad. So I'm pretty extreme in that case. So I'm always like, ah, yes, I'm dad. <laughs> I will destroy. So it's like, it's like hard character. 
So I feel like I'm the closest to the pro wrestling world. And then Harley is probably a close second yeah. in character because he always has, does a really good entrance. He, he like looks like a character. He's always sort of like talking. He's got such good promos. So Harley and I, and we've talked, I've, been, I've known Harley for 15 years. We both want to segue into wrestling. So we keep talking like, I we had I'd wrestled against sorry I'm getting off track here but like Harley and I feel like we should go into wrestling and do something with John and like Joey Janela or something like we tag team against so two wrestlers versus two YouTubers and we just do a couple little spots here and there and spice things up but during the show you're right a lot of these YouTubers it it is very much like a WWE show or a pro wrestling show in the fact that everyone has some sort of a character everyone's colorful that the pageantry the production everyone's a character even the hosts it looks like pro wrestling but the only thing the difference is we i start punching each other for real and it's sloppy and chaotic and it's not this like choreographed graceful you know match but everything else before and after is pro wrestling and it's i look at creator clash of all youtube boxing as the wwe of uh youtube influencer boxing and then these other ones like misfits is more like ufc because they're more like trying to be not trying to be some of them are pretty close to legit boxers but the image the image this is all my just my opinion and how i sort of view it they're more like you know like less colorful and bright colors and less silly characters and more just like they're actually trash talking and getting actual fights backstage in their press conferences there's a lot of like more intense language there. Critical Clash is pretty brand safe and friendly. Um, and it also spans everywhere over the internet. Like the, the, the vast type, the types of characters and creators in Critical Clash is so big. Like in pro wrestling, you have such a wide variety of characters. And uh, a lot of the other ones are sort of like more from the same world. So I look at Critical Clash as a really natural segue to the WWE world or like AEW kind of, you know, world but uh yeah i get real into character and i agree with what you're saying it's um i think wrestling audiences can into it a lot of the fans who watch me are huge wrestling fans because of what i do is very wrestling related and wrestling adjacent so they all enjoy the uh you know creator clash as i've heard that a lot from them so I, that's why that's why i got in my head i'm like this is just natural for me to call out seth rollins and the entire company of wwe after my match like where else am i going to go from here i don't want to box yeah. forever I want to wrestle and I want a job to perform and act, you know, so let's yeah. do it. I'm glad he brought up Harley too, because like his entrance was, was awesome. And like, I've seen him live front row. I think he was at elimination chamber live. Cause that was in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I know he's Canadian. So I, I, I think that's where I've yep. seen him recently, like front row and stuff. Um, and he's a big dude too. Um, who also, I'm going to give him credit right now. I know we talked to John and you before the fight and, you know, I, I had said that I thought Harley was in for a pretty rough night just because like John Morrison is just such a super athlete and he's like he basically a combat athlete athlete already going into this um and he yeah. is I know he, I know he's a martial artist and, and stuff and, and it's just it, and so Harley to even take that fight he has a lot of balls to even do that and I thought he like he really held his own in there for like as long as it went so like he really um Harley deserves a lot of credit I mean Morrison obviously all the credit in the world for the performance but like Harley has some big balls for taking that fight totally and harley like is a natural performer so that like it i don't think it even harmed him he's so beloved in the creator clash world that it just taking that beating alone and it, like it deserves a round of applause you know so and he and he was right there in good spirits after and he's like how about we do a rematch in a wrestling ring now so it was like a perfect little storyline next next step is like all right 
now they wrestle and enter John's world because John entered his world. So maybe Harley would beat John in wrestling for a major upset just like this. Because a lot of people did think Harley was going to take it because one shot from him is like devastating. It's like hard to get in past long arms like that. I wasn't sure. I know John's cardio is psychotic. So I was like, he'll be able to, if he moves and he avoids Harley and he avoids those like major clubs, then maybe he'll be good. But, but I didn't expect John to dominate that much. It's like, wow dude you like really went all out it was it was basically me versus matt watson last year he made a six foot six man look like a 130 pound teenage boy <laughs> you know and he knocked him he knocked him through the ropes i was worried yeah. when he went through the ropes and fell on the announcement i was like oh they like he just got back up and he got knocked out a couple more times but he got back up from that i was like bless this man like he does not need to continue after this but here he is not at all it was in Insane. I've never seen anything like that in pro boxing, YouTube boxing, and maybe even pro wrestling. It was well. I mean, obviously, we've seen it all in pro wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah. The only place we've seen yeah. that is in pro wrestling. Well, I love Harley's reaction. Right when he hit like the like the announce desk on the outside, his face, he was like, yes. oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, just what a great reaction. So yeah, that, massive <laughs> shout out to Harley. Um, you know, yeah. I, I I think that was and, and of course John. I think John would be really 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 successful like in this space if he wants to continue doing it there was a few some some big standouts like i had seen myth on the do the chess boxing before he looks like a guy yep. he sticks with it he's going to be a real problem for everybody definitely so a lot of real talent yep. on the show i dubs he's getting a lot better he was way better since the last fight and what yep. a transformation he's made so i mean what a what a just great show just all the all across the board for y'all this super successful yep. night Not on, on top of that all the money y'all raise all the charity um, if you want to speak yeah. to that a little bit, just like uh, working with iDubs and Anissa and the whole event kind of in general and all the money you guys are raising doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a very heartwarming event to be a part of. It's awesome, especially in a world where like it's YouTube boxing and influencer boxing. I feel often they people feel they need to be hard and tough and edgy and like look like, you know, these trash talking professional boxers. But like, no, why can't we just have fun and be nice to each other and be friends and do it for charity? And that's exactly what Critical is. So it's an honor to be a part of it. They always raise it. They raised like 1.3 million last year. I'm sure it's more this year. I don't know the numbers, but it's it's, it's amazing. IDubs and Anissa are awesome, awesome, awesome people. They call you all the time. They're checking in on you. Like they, Anissa does everything. She's like always, she has so much going on. And she's just, they just had this idea. They're just like, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, I'd be like, that's too big of a thing for me. But it's like me just going, hey, what if I have a 20,000 seat arena with a bunch of like legendary YouTubers and people from across the internet punch each other? Companies behind it. It's like these people came together and did an amazing event from nothing. It's very impressive. And I think it's only going to grow. Only gonna get bigger. It's gonna. I think Critical Clash could become legit, like entity, entity like WWE or something, in that yeah. space, and even start working with other companies like professional wrestling organizations. So yeah, they're amazing. Idubs and Nisa, I love them forever. They're legends for dealing with the stress that they deal with, and I and and then training like a psychopath, and then has to get beat up during all of this, like. I, I, I bow down to them for that. They're awesome. So they deserve yeah. anything they get that comes to them afterwards opportunity-wise.
Sure. And you by no means you have to elaborate on this. I just wanted to bring it up because I know you said there's a lot of stress that they deal with going into these fights, mm-hmm. a lot dealing with it, running these events. Um, I'd be it, I would be irresponsible for me not to bring this up because it was a big, a big thing going into the fight, but the froggy fresh situation. I know you were dragged into that quite a bit. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very familiar with Sam Hyde. I'm very familiar with, but I'm an outsider looking in and I'm, yeah. I'm trying to see both sides of all of it. I'll just say, I really wish none of that happened. I really wanted to see him compete on the card. And I really wish all that got taken care of, like behind the scenes and it just yep. got figured out and it just got way too public. And it's just mm. one of those things where like, I know that so many people, yourself included, have said such nice things about Anissa and Idubs, and I feel like that's really important that it gets out there because there was also yeah. a lot of narrative that was the opposite. But it's also you yeah. have to look at the the whole picture of of who's running the event, the background of the people running the event, and then that this the, at the end of the day, like you're saying, Creator Clash is different than a lot of these really any other combat sport type show because it's friends doing something for charity it isn't about working with one another so i don't know if you wanted to elaborate on that at all you definitely don't have to but it was something that was like a really big talking point going into the event yeah yeah i I don't even like talking about because it's icky and it's depressing and it's sad and it's like it's a shame and i think uh he made mistakes and he didn't communicate and it just didn't work out and it was like it was also a thing where it's like nope Sorry, dude, not even going down this road, not worth it for this big company. It's a good thing for good people. Sorry, it's not yeah. worth it for anyone involved and all their people that have so much at stake to even even entertain any of this after what had happened. Um, and, this, and, it's, and it's not as simple as people think. People said, oh, he just instantly was kicked out. That's not the case at all. Many times uh, contact was tried, was made did not respond so they're like well sorry we're not even we're not going to play this game here we're done moving on and it's like if, if some other giant company ufc like someone did this they'd be gone it's like you don't do that. this is a professional company with people working hard to do this who are, are grown adults you're not messing around here this is stupid so anyways sure i think it was unfortunate i don't think he is a bad person but i think he made a mistake and didn't wasn't can you imagine I, I can't imagine i would do something like that like i'd be like like what's it's just it was dumb and irresponsible and irresponsible and ignorant and like it's a lesson i think maybe he needed to learn but regarding the other people outside that have nothing to do with it that are being like sort of trying to tear it down like sure. i have no comment on them and i will never sure. have anything i will never be involved with people like that i try to only associate with people who I think bring positivity to the world. So that's totally fair. Yeah. I appreciate any comment at all on that. And yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and for and for what it's worth, I did see some of the detractors. I won't name names, but I did see some of the detractors after the event, even giving the event credit. That were like, you know what? I said a lot of stuff going into it, but that was a that was a fun event to watch. Like you know, so yeah. so. But it's you one can't of those deny things. what the event is. The event right. is amazing. It's run by professionals who are good people trying to do a good thing. And all the other people who just want to, people are just trying to be mean to be mean. And it's just sad that people exist that still want to act like that. And like, you got to just ignore it and be like, hope they become better people and they find something that they love and have reason to exist that in positivity to spread sometime, somewhere when they'll grow up and get out of this phase of just trying to tear things down for no reason. Last thing I'll say about it at all, and we'll move on, was another shout out to Harley because he was also, he took some big bullets during that situation. He was speaking up a lot when, like, it was not the popular thing to be speaking up at the time, like, you know, yeah. on behalf of Idubs and Anissa. So I just wanted to throw that out there, too. So, and yeah. once again, I'm just, I'm just a fan on the outside, but I'm like, I pay really close attention to this space. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. getting, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on as it's happening. I'm going in on, I'm listening to all the, the Twitter spaces and stuff, and I'm like, 
someone says sounds wrong what do i believe and it's just one of those things where it's yeah. just, so I, I appreciate the comment and, and yeah we can move on from there but yeah hell of an event awesome event awesome yeah event. knocked it out of the park again there will be a third one apparently i saw a tweet uh today from anisa and i guess they're working on it uh s- soon after a little break um if they want me, I have plans that might surprise people for next year. So that's all I'll say. Uh, but uh, it, originally, I was like, I think I should take a year off, take a break, because I'm trying to film a movie. But I'm, I'm trying. Now I kind of want to work it in where I get that done before the next, because a year is good enough time for me to like get ready and start training again after I shoot this movie. Um, or if I be if I get a new career in wrestling, maybe I can wrestle until leading up to it and get you know save some cash with a nice wrestling paycheck so i would like to be involved somehow i think it th- a third one would be a cool final one like i have a trilogy you know and uh see if i can be undefeated in my boxing career so do you have any any like potential names i'm watching you already we already know who you want to fight if you want to elaborate on that i was about to say like we, oh you yeah, set up yeah. your next you set up your next fight right after this fight so I, I wanted to fight Nexpo last year for this one this year, but AB was a uh, uh, was already involved, and I think he only did wanted to do one more if he did one. So it kind of made sense to like, all right, we're the same height and weight. We both fought once. No one saw what I did. They saw him go the distance with Hundar, big guys with bigger than me. So it's it made sense on paper. Um, so I was like down for that. I was like, all right, cool, I'm down for that. But I still would love to fight Nexpo, and Nexpo was there. He was like down for the call out. Uh, we had talked about it, so he was like there, ready to ready to get get uh, get in my face. So that was fun. Next one was bigger than me. He weighs like two hundred five. I'm one seventy when I'm like fit. I could hit like one eighty, so we'd have to meet like one eighty, one eighty five. So that might be a struggle. He's I think he's two inches taller than me. I'm six feet. He's like six two. So that would be an interesting one. Um, size versus a little bit of experience. I'm not amazing, but maybe it's enough of an advantage. But he did do. He did start training last year. He has done some training, so he's not. He's not completely, you know, ignorant toward to it. So yeah, next one would be good, but you know, I don't know. It could there could be someone else that makes more sense who's more ready, and I don't know. I'm op- no, nothing is locked, but that would be a storyline I think that would be interesting to his fans and my fans because we do have some history between uh, Dadbot and Nexpo where there was uh, his cult. He's in a cult uh, group called <laughs> the Dark Party, and they tried um, ruining Dadbot's life and. Uh, it was a pretty pretty sketchy stuff some pretty stuff sketchy stuff going on in the facility in town usa so uh i think maybe they need to settle it in the ring it's almost too much lore to get into here but uh it can be explained in some catch-up promos if this be if this becomes a thing we'll do some uh we'll, we'll put out some videos to explain it all we'll see i need a big video package that's a exactly exactly something there'll be a lot yeah. leading up to it just to get the deep lore out to the fan, the fans who don't really care and they just want to see us punch each other, but they'll, they'll figure it out eventually once we show it to them. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Joey Janela, potential tag team match and stuff. He did comment yeah. on your victory. I don't know if you oh, saw that. He? Yes. yes. Was something? I, I missed it. It was on Twitter. It was on Twitter. Oh, and, I haven't been using uh, Twitter. I, I don't use it at all anymore, but I posted some stuff today and yesterday. I should go look. I'm so bad at looking at replies and all that. What did he say? Uh, I always said, so, you know, you called out Seth Rollins and you got the response of like, oh, who's who's this guy calling out Seth Rollins? And Joey Janela said, that's dad. I beat his ass before. I might have to do it again. That was his <laughs> All right. All right, Joey. <laughs> All right, Joey. I knocked the guy out with one hit. The dude is <laughs> the dude is tall talk. What's he talking about? 
Dude, I, I survived stink face from Rikishi. <laughs> if I can ever survive stink face, I can survive t- little man Joey Janela. Give me a break. The dude got nothing on dad bot. Come on, man. So he, he I'm, I'm he's down. If he's down, I'm down. I think it should be him and Harley versus me and John. GCW, anywhere, you name it, I'm there. I love that. We gotta make I, didn't know he, I didn't know he said that. I, thank you for telling me. I'm going to start talking trash to him now. Oh, have awesome. you seen? He threw, have you seen? He the, threw me through a the, door. It was so. It was so disrespectful. <laughs> have have you seen hurt. the Rocky movies? Have you seen the Rocky movies? Because I think Janela will only. All right. Well, there you go. I was say. I think he's only going to fight you if you've seen the Rocky movies. I've seen them all. I watched Creed three recently. It was tight. I liked it, I, even though Sylvester Stallone was on a part of it. I still enjoyed it. This is a easy, such it. an easy headline. Such an easy headline of, of dad mm-hmm. responds to Joey Janela, says he's seen all the yeah. Rocky movies. Oh, it's gonna pop. It's gonna pop oh, yeah. just Joey oh, yeah. Janela. One one night I sat down and put all of them on different TVs at the same time and turned it up full blast and absorbed all movies at the exact same time. So <laughs> wow. I've done I've I'm I'm overtrained. <laughs> oh hey, this oh, is very important. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Jerry. Go, go, I was saying, Janela won't know what hit him if that's the case. Yeah, yeah he's he's in nope. for a world of hurt if that's the case. Big time. <laughs> oh my god. I, I just this just came to mind. I know you're I know you're in your car right now, but have you gotten any new portable um, gaming systems since last time we talked? Uh, yes, actually. During training, I bought myself a Sega Nomad, the original portable Sega Genesis. Uh, I've been using that because I didn't bring any systems with me when I came. Well, actually, that's a lie. I brought my portable PlayStation One. Last, uh, up here with me, but I was craving some Genesis, so it was actually my happy place. I was playing Tiny Toons. I'd say it's a great game. I used to play that. Oh, it is super fun, so right? It's, oh, it's one of my favorites. So I bought it. There's a uh, local uh, video game store out here in Portland, um, Retro Game Trader. Shout out to them. Uh, they, uh, I, went, I, I, they actually know they were fans of Keith Apicary, so I gotta give them props for knowing classic entertainment internet entertainment but yeah i bought a, i bought a second nomad i've been playing that during training and um i'll head back home uh this week and be reunited with all my other portable systems so yeah what did what did you see before the portable playstation or dreamcast or something i what was the last the one we, the 64 thing was the last one we yeah. saw the oh the 64 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> showing you guys things that no one cares about but no thank you for being thank you for being interested yeah no i had to ask like you just reminded me uh you just reminded me to ask you there so that's yeah yeah love those love those video games <laughs> um all right last one from me we'll, we'll get you out of here we'll get you home get you to la oh, all good all good who who would win a hypothetical street fight between eddie kingston and cody rhodes We've been asking everyone lately, so like we got a tally going on this answer. Actual street fight, no rules. I think Eddie. Think Eddie. Oh, thank God. Oh, that's a lot of sweating there, Dad. I don't think Cody is that like vicious. Yeah, of character. Okay. Now let me now let me flip this question. (laughs) He's a a very emotional guy, although I'm very emotional and I'm pretty crazy. And I got bullied in high school. That's probably why I'm so emotional. And it, it comes out in the ring. So maybe Cody, you never, the thing is, you never know. You have a Michael Reeves, like last year, Career Clash yeah. one, so unassuming becomes the Terminator. So I'll say Eddie Kingston, but I could be, I'll admit I might be completely wrong. 
Yeah. Well, I'll Go, flip this defend, question a little defend bit. your on, boy. On, well, no, I want to, I, I, no, I'm. I, I'll respect the answer. I'm. I'm. I think I'm the only person. Maybe one other person so far has chosen Cody that we've ever Tom, asked. Tom talked rubbish. T- picked Cody because he used yeah. their actual wrestling match that they had. Right, because he won an everybody. actual street fight in AEW, which is a good litmus test. I mean, he did defeat him. Now, yeah, my my next my follow up would be in Creator Clash Three. If it happened in a boxing ring, ten ounce oh. gloves pro style four rounds the same kind of thing that we saw to alex wasabi and idubs who wins that between cody and eddie i mean do, do either of them have any like actual combat training outside of pro wrestling um well cody was a uh, two-time state champion in high school wrestling eddie oh, okay. I, I, eddie i believe has like jujitsu training but i don't think he's been like a formally like like a competitor. eddie's from the streets that's from, his training got, school hard the thing is I think maybe still Eddie because what my coach told me I I wrestled in high school amateur wrestling and I thrashed these dudes that uh that were bigger than me and I think the reason is and that's why I think I'm all right right now is my coach told me there's two types of boxers there's fighters and there's boxers he goes you are a fighter a boxer is good and technical but they don't have that sort of rage in them and like desire to just wreck things I have that for whatever reason something like I'm still sad from the bullying or something. I'm, it's my only chance to let it out of my, it's my therapy when the bell rings. So maybe whoever has that, you know, and if that's Eddie, then I oh, give it Eddie to him Houston. because He's my coach also Eddie. said, you, he goes, you can't teach that to boxers, but you can teach people with, who are fighters to box. So that's fair. That's fair. Very relatable, by the way, the, the being bullied. I have a lot of people that are watching this in the chat, like a lot of wrestling fans. We, we grew up, like that so you know very very yep. relatable um yep understand the, the nerd the nerd a bunch of nerds we're a bunch of nerds here yep. and we embrace it yep. so yeah i do have, yep. i do have one more actually i have a couple more quickly. too so yeah, yeah. All right, okay, i'll, okay, I'll cool. take them all <laughs> um no josh barnett was there he he trained morrison he, he helped up with you like never thought about doing like blood sport i know that is oh, like, yeah. a very serious thing and i don't oh. know if barnett but yeah have you talked to josh about that i have uh uh I would be down if I didn't really get hurt, but I just want to be involved. I just want to be involved in all of it, you know? So it depends, I guess, what my involvement is, I guess. Um, maybe, I guess. But yeah, jo- Josh is amazing. It was cool for me to meet him. I, I trained with them uh, once or twice before the fight um, Josh, with Josh and John. And uh, he was there like doing MMA and then training john at the same time it was like an extra day john had and we were just at his like this big gym with all these people who were like actually hurting each other like wrestling and stuff and it was wild it's just people rolling around the ground everywhere you know fighting um and then john and i were like in the corner like punching each other like <laughs> <laughs> softly so uh yeah that was cool to meet him and be inv- just even be involved with that guy he's like a legend so i would do blood sport but i don't want to like get actually hurt you know sure i, mean, I could tell when you when jeremy started asking the question your first your face reaction you could tell i he was gonna ask if you want to do mma and you were like oh, i don't know about that, that, <laughs> blood that yes, blood, oh, yeah yeah blood sport, yeah, blood sport is a yeah. yeah blood sport is a you know a various or uh, a very hybrid mma or hybrid yeah, yes. mma wrestling yeah. type thing and i know you you're big on like the character work and, and stuff so yeah. i didn't know it, so if it would I, fit, I, fit dad the MMA aspect, I don't want to do, you know, unless there's like one little spot that I think, you know, someone hits me like, and they really, they really um, deliver it so I could sell it right. Fine. 
but you know, I don't want to do the MMA portion, but I would, the pro wrestling, I'm down. Morrison's had a really good run in blood sport. Yeah, he's been doing great there. So yeah, that was yeah. another reason I brought it up because he yeah. he does he does very well in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a couple more couple more quick questions regarding Creator Clash. First one, uh, this is pretty pretty not a yes or no, but do you think Idubs will fight again? I know he announced afterwards that it sounded like he was going to stop, but and listen, I'd respect either way. I mean, I think just yeah. what he's accomplished in the two fights and. I followed his career pre all of this. I mean, just the physical transformation and the maturity, uh, the, the development over time, just a completely yeah. different guy. It seems like, oh, and totally. um, he's done so much work and obviously it'd be, could be cool to call, you know, just have these two fights, but obviously there seems like there's a lot of demand. Al Sasabi really led a chant afterwards. What's your feeling? Do you think, I, I know there's going to be another uh, creator clash, but do you think I dubs um, fights in that one as well? Uh, I don't know. It's up to him. I really don't know, but like my guess based on what I've seen as just an observer and someone who like sort of knows Ian now, um, I feel he will probably do a new one, another, sorry, another one. Even if, if he's not in the next one, the event happens, he's a part of it as a host, you know, the, you know, whatever the MC of some kind or however he wants to be involved. I think he would be involved in all of them, but I think me, I'm guessing it's like me where it's like, do one more at some point. And it would be like fun to have like a comeback. It's like, Oh, a year later, he hasn't, we haven't seen him in a year. He gets back in the ring and then he ends. Maybe who knows? Maybe he'll want to keep doing it until he wins. But he's like me, I think where it's like, it's fun to do to say you did it, but you don't want to do it forever. You know, sure. cause like we're not inherently made to fight like this as, as people, the two of us specifically, not humans in general, but like he and I, I feel, I don't know. I don't know though. I really don't know what he thinks. I myself would think like, okay, two is good. I'm, I'm good now, honestly. But maybe I should do a third one just to have like a cool trilogy done. And there's a nice chapter in my life. And I would keep it 16 ounce gloves for myself because I don't want to get really messed up. Like he gets messed up every year, like really yeah. battered because of these 10 ounce gloves doing these pro fights. That's not for me. I feel like maybe if he did another one, I, I could see it being 14 or 16 ounce gloves to like save some damage because almost not necessary. But Ian's a little crazy, maybe even crazier than me because. I don't think I would have done the pro fight, you know? I'm an actor. I need to protect. <laughs> sure. That's the moneymaker uh, right there. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. La last question I got. Is there anyone, is there anyone you haven't seen compete in influencer boxing or even more specifically that you'd want to see in creator clash, like a YouTuber or an internet personality that we haven't seen compete that you would not, not that you would want to fight that you would just want to see in yeah. there. I feel, I, I think a lot of people think this, PewDiePie. Oh, sure. Should, yeah. He he went from he looks so good now physically. He's working out. He belongs. He's like his his energy and his whole thing is like it fits this whole brand and like every all of us. It's like the nerdy, goofy, you know, humorous guys who were scrawny, scrawny now getting fit. Like it kind of just works. And he's mutual friends with like the Grumps and Jack guy and all, all these. He people. was in the iDubs uh Rice Gum diss track video. I'll never forget. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, he knows iDubs. Like he's yeah. he's right there. So I feel like he would be great. I want to fight him because we're like the same size. Uh our body types will look the same. But I feel he's more of someone who would go up against iDubs. You know, like this like that's like that's like main event status. And I'm, a, I don't think I'm that unless I build my name up as dad, I'd be called, I, I make myself main event over the years, maybe. But I think someone like I, uh, so like a PewDiePie, Mr. Beast would be amazing, but I don't know if he had, I think there might be health reasons he couldn't do it. 
Air Rack. A friend of mine is a guy named sure. Air Rack. Who I know he is. Sure. He, I think uh, he and I shot a video like uh, two weeks ago together. He is awesome. He's he. This guy's he'll go for anything. I sent him some messages yesterday about something wrestling related that I don't want to reveal to to the internet just yet. But um, he I think would be good at Creator Clash. He's on his way to becoming the next Mr. Beast. So I think I that would bring a lot of cool, a lot of people to the event. It would be good for the event. Some of those guys, I think, would be good. Also, I think I Justine. She's an old timer YouTuber like me, who's pretty healthy, pretty fit. I don't know how she, she and she, I think she does like some sort of a wrestling or jujitsu as well. She's very physically active. I think I Justine would be a great person to add to the, and I'd love to see how she could do. I think she would do pretty well. So those are some people, you know, people from like way back and just the heavy, the the big names, you know. Yeah, those are those are great, great shouts there. And uh, for what it's worth, I've actually heard Mr. Beast himself say that he thinks Arak could be the next him. Like he was asked, like kind of who who possibly mm -hmm. could be like a 100 million subscriber channel out there, and he he named Arak as as a possibility. So um, yeah, yeah, there's some really really good names. I'd like to see all of them compete. I would love if if it was possible. The biggest fight ever would be if they could do Mr. Beast versus PewDiePie, the two guys with over 100 million subs. 100 <laughs> percent, exactly. They are the top of YouTube. You know, that would be that would be WrestleMania level. Yeah. You know, that would be in it would break all of influencer boxing. Oh, it'd be bigger than the Paul fights. Like people don't understand, like how for sure something like that would be. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the place that it would happen would be Creator Clash because those those guys are already in that world. You know, it, yes. it like PewDiePie's walkout would be so stupid and ridiculous it would it would have to be a career clash so <laughs> I yeah love it. i would awesome. i would i would have to see that i hope to see that in my lifetime yes well hopefully so, we can he can make it happen i know he's like retired and has been for years he just kind of pops in and out like mm -hmm. he's getting in better shape it'd be cool it'd be, it's it's really cool seeing creator clash as like an option for like people who have these big audiences that have that have these loyal audiences that have been around a long time, especially like on the internet. And mm -hmm. regardless of where they're at, like view count wise or how many subscribers, like whatever, it just seems like a really good place to like, just do something cool for your fans, make a lot of money, keep your name out there. And just like, I feel like it's a big career resurgence for a lot of people too. I just feel oh, like yeah. so much good comes for everybody involved in this thing. So totally, yeah, absolutely. Just, and thanks again, man, for, I mean, I know I said a thousand times, I know we've talked for about an hour, so we'll, we'll let you oh, go. Okay. You, you sat here and you got your car jumped in front of us. And I mean, we, we appreciate I love it. it. This man. is the highlight of my day. So thank you. Oh man. So, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys having and, me. And I love, I love, I love having you on because there's, there's not a lot of people I can nerd out on that are in the YouTube influencer space. Like you are for me as like a fan of knowing what's going on in this world. So like, it's really cool getting insight from someone who's like, who's in there in the in the in the week, yeah yeah, well, yeah jeremy um yeah so, yes yes for sure well thank you again i yeah. uh i hope to, i hope to be paying attention to your site and see myself more 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 on there because that means i'm now in the wrestling world and i'm uh you know I'm, i want to be part of the dirt sheets that's a dream of mine so <laughs> uh we we i don't like the term dirt sheets we, we report no i know i know i know even though i i you know, get accused of the clickbait I want to be a part of the the talk, like what's going on in the world and in the universe. You know, there was one time I was there was a leaked document from WWE. It was a script, and Keith Apicary, my character name, 
it was it was dialogue between me and Keith. It was something that Dolph had to shoot uh, backstage at SmackDown. They're like, oh, we got to pull a Dolph at one point and have him shoot this Keith stuff. And it was a leaked document. My friend found it. He goes, look, you're, you're a leaked WWE document. It was like an honor. So I mean to say, like, to hear you guys reporting on stuff, for me to be part of that is like, I'm in. I'm there. I'm where I want to be. It's like, it's exciting for me. Awesome. So, well, we, very cool. we, we appreciate that. Yeah, we wish you luck uh, on the journey. Continue to manifest. Continue speaking into existence. You know, it, like this interview, mm-hmm. you're gonna get a bunch of articles out of it. I got a bunch of clickbait headlines that people will be mad about, but they'll get over it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Dad, thank you, thank you again for joining us. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you at. Uh, uh just search Dad on YouTube. It's the first thing that comes up uh, when you search for Dad. I got it. So look for dad. My name's Nathan, my real name. I've been on there since like my channel was 2006. So uh, I'm just, I'm working both channels, but mostly the dad thing is the big thing I'm pushing right now. So yeah, uh, that's where you can find me, Nathan and dad on YouTube. There you go. Everybody check out dad feels on, on Twitter as well, but go to the YouTube pages, all of them are uh, down below. There are links in the description down below. Dad, thank you again. Three time guest on this show. We really appreciate it. And you're welcome and back. You're welcome back anytime. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Guys, we'll be right back here on. We are back. Thank you to dad for joining us as always a three-time guest here on this show. A great man calling out WWE, calling out Seth Rollins. Everyone go support dad. Go check out uh, on Twitter. Go check out his YouTube channels. The links are below in the description check those out all right everybody that will do it for today here on the spotlight everybody go enjoy your 420 like steven jensen is going to do uh go go be above the clouds with the great steven jensen we got day after dynamite dad a different dad uh at 3 p.m eastern today here on youtube.com slash fightful with washington and a guest reviewing last night's dynamite head over to fightful overbooked a lot of great shows joel pearl and i started in the weeds this week that is a morning show monday wednesday friday 10 to 12 eastern every single morning we got guests from around the wrestling world on monday we interviewed diana perrazzo fresh off her knockouts championship victory at Victor billion diana perrazzo joined us on the show we also had matt black from WrestleZone to discuss the aw collision deal which he had details on over the weekend and aw fight forever which matt has been following very closely since the game was announced this past wednesday we talked to alex mccarthy who is drew mcintyre number one fan uh number one drew mcintyre uh, insider, even though he acknowledged Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle, turning his back on Drew McIntyre. But Alex McCarthy had a lot of great insight into the current status of Drew McIntyre and, and WWE. And tomorrow, we have another show. We're working on some guests for that show. We'll keep everybody updated on who could join us, who might join us for tomorrow's show on In the Weeds. Again, that is 10 to noon Eastern every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on FightFlowGroupBook.com. A plethora of other great shows over there, including Tag Talk, including Coexisting, New Japan, Red Club, FMC, FMC crew, myself, Share Delaware, SP3. We're working on something uh, that'll hopefully take place a little bit later on today, and we will have details on that. Everybody can follow me on Twitter. Don't do that, actually. Follow Steven Jensen on Twitter, at FightTalk underscore. Follow everybody else on Twitter. Do not follow me on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, Tune into the spotlight next week. We will be back. 
Uh, I don't want to announce our guest, but we currently have someone on the schedule. He is an independent wrestler. He's uh, doing doing big things. He's appeared on AEW uh, Dark, AEW. I think he was on AEW Rampage as well, actually. So there's a hint for everybody. He's at least been on Dark. So everyone can uh, get tuned in next week to the Spotlight, 9.30 a.m. Eastern here on YouTube.com. We'll be back next week. Everybody, go go be above the clouds, above the trees, above in life with Steven Jensen on 420. Bye, everyone.